Everybody, we have MOT with us. As you can see, my name is Holden Stefan Roy, and this is Bridge the Gap, the show where we take interesting people such as yourself, Mr. MOT, and we walk through the story of your life, learn who you are a bit better, and extract some knowledge nuggets along the way. And uh, with that, uh, can you just let us know, because we're going to start this right, I got a whole opening question and shit. But like the first little preface yeah. question is, where does your life begin? Like, are you born in Montreal? You're born somewhere else. I'm born in Montreal, raised in Shamidi. Uh Shamidi's in Laval, pretty much just right outside of the city, like just a couple minutes outside of Montreal. It's Been in Shamidi my whole life. Fire. So we're gonna run through that. Um, sorry. It's like a suburb, but nah, it's like I'm a suburb. You know what I mean? Outside of Montreal. Yo, basically Montreal like a time, big island, and then Shamidi is like the first place you can go to, given one hi highway. Cause my my my, yo, I used to get the Pindelis. They used to deliver to me in pure form. So like, uh, the Shamidi's uh, Pindelis. I'm, I'm like two minutes from Pindelis, bro. Say word. So yeah, so Shamidi is like on the outskirts yeah. of Montreal. I would include that shit in the greater Montreal area, even though it's technically not Montreal. And you can you can take one bus like you take the one forty four and you go straight from Shamidi to Cobra Two like in fifteen oh. minutes. You know it's literally one bridge away, the uh, Chappelle Bridge, and and that's it. Facts. So yeah, we're not that far away. That's why felt like you know not a lot here. of dudes in Montreal when I would go kick it, in, they would say like, "Oh, you from Laval?" Ah, you know like they kind of. There's a stigma. There's a stigma to Laval, and I get it because, trust me, I I know. I see what's around. I, I went to a school with a lot of these, you know what I mean? These kids that you, you know. Bro, I don't even think that's the stigma. You know what I mean? I feel like there, there is that stigma, but part of it is just, like, the same shit, like how people hate Toronto here just to hate Toronto. Like, people just be like that here. You're like, oh, you're not yeah. fucking on island? Fuck you. You're lesser. <laughs> people. Yeah, um but with that, I mean, it's just changing now more back when i was younger it was like that it was like oh you in laval you must be like some like rich spoiled kid type shit and i was like yo we're not all like that over here like you know what i mean some of us are living just like you know just like you guys in the city it's right. just a smaller a small shaman is just like this small little place you know but yeah with that though i yeah. do have my proper opening question it's a little bit of a story so i'm gonna run that and then it will definitely bring us back into you being young so with that um it starts off mm -hmm. with my girlfriend and she washing the dishes one time um and she's playing that black eyed peas song on her phone that i got a feeling Ooh. she vibing she dancing mm -hmm. she doing her thing and i look at her and i'm wondering to myself when this song became fucking chores music because like this song in particular, if I run it back like 10 years, this middle of the night, like fucking you drunk, everybody turning up. It's a super good vibe. A decade goes by. We all get yeah. a little bit older. Now motherfuckers be washing dishes to this song. Yeah. They be working out to this song. And it was wild to me how much that changed. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's a song. The song don't change. It's just, we change. And so I thought about about that and how it kind of ties into like, you know, just musical journeys and all that shit. Like you got these little ones right now. 20 out there running around listening to whatever and they don't know that they're gonna wash dishes to that shit one day they don't know that when i hear their party music i start washing dishes to that shit immediately type thing but they also 
it also made me think about interviews and time and the journeys that we all go on and how like yo if you run a lot of these interviews and a lot of people they always start at this like adolescent phase i started writing raps when i was this or i got into hip-hop at this point or i started and it's like all of that's a part of the journey and it should be talked about don't get me wrong but it's definitely never the start of it right because most of us don't really have control over the music and the sounds of things in our lives at the beginning that's something that kind of comes later on yeah so like um, yes so it's like the story like it the comes starts. when you're yeah a lot of people have different times because i ask this question to everybody so some people be answering like, bro, I was like two years old, drum prodigy. And I'm like, say word. But some people, most people, it's like teenage years, you form identity, you attach yourself to music. But for the rest of your life before that, it's like you're at a hospital, you popped out, there's a song playing. I know in my case, I'm like five years old. I can't remember it. We, we're in the apartment with the gray boxes all over, the fucking amp, the radio, the tape deck, all the wires going to everything. My dad be busting like Led Zeppelin tapes and stuff of that variety during the day. But at night, time yo it's mc mario club mix straight from the clubs in montreal doing its thing my mom she's more of a star 92.9 love song type you know musicals that whole vibe that's too different yeah, yeah. and so but that's depending on who you're with right you get different vibes and it all kind of meshes up in you and then when you're older you love it all it's all impactful all of that youthful shit or young person shit so i was hoping you could run yep. us back to being the youngest MOT you could remember <coughs> being and walk us a bit through the sounds of your your young younger days before you had any control over it the technologies the vibes like bring us back to what it's like to being the youngest person you can remember the youngest I can remember music wise I gotta give it to my pops it's one thing I'll give it to him he put me on to a lot of music and I think my music taste comes a lot from hearing what he played around the house. And Shom was always on 97.7. Mm. Even when I'm on my car, that's the number one radio station that's, that I'm pretty much. And I remember him just having a shit ton of CDs, shit ton of records, just like big stacks. And I'm just like, what are these things? And just going through the, you know, back in the day when they had the booklets for the albums. Yeah. <laughs> and you just like, you're flipping through and you're seeing all the art and you're seeing the the credits who wrote what who did what so that's early early on i remember just always music was always just played and it was always rock music my dad's a huge die hard david bowie fan so that was a big one always in the house bowie was always on and just a lot of a lot of that 70s 80s rock shit is what I really was at the house listening to and were you before vibing? I had any say in it. And were you vibing to it back then? Like, did it give Sorry. you these aspirations of being a young singer and all this stuff? Yeah, it did because me and my little, me and my little boy would just like, okay, you're going to play the drums. I'm going to, you know, just lip sync along to the, you know, I were going to be a band, you know, and then we'll perform for like my mom and my sister, you know, like, okay, guys, look, you know, look, hold the, hold the microphone for the TV or whatever, you know, and like pretend like I'm singing and <laughs> yeah, it's dope shit. Stuff. That was before rap. That was, yeah. I remember going over to, uh, my mom was dating this dude and, um, I was best friends with his son. So it was like, uh, it, it was dope, you know? So he had this little spot up North, you go in there. And then I remember seeing a drum kit. 
and I was like, oh, this is fucking. I'm not musically inclined though, so it's not like I got on that thing and started making magic, you know. But it's just one of the first I could remember. Like, oh, that's a drum kick. Oh, that's a mic. Always there's something about a mic when I see, you know, you see it on the stand and everything. It's like, oh, that, that's a mic. You know, it's like there's a vibe to it. There was always a vibe I was drawn to, holding the mic. I got, I can say that. Yeah, it's dope, stills. And that's like since you're young and you got exposed to all of this before you even had any idea where you were going to go with it. I'm, I'm blessed I got exposed to the good shit, man. Really, the 90s, the rock shit in the 90s, the grunge, that's the real the stuff that was like always on. I remember hearing Pearl Jam before I knew what Pearl Jam was. I remember hearing Nirvana before I knew what it really was. Like It was always on the radio. It was always in the crib. But I didn't know, oh, shit, that's that's Kurt Cobain. Like, that's the guy, you know? I didn't know that shit. It's just, it's just on. And then later when I get older and I go back and I'm like, oh shit, man. Like, you know, Pops put me on to some of the greatest shit. I'll give it to him for that, man. That's he right. took me to my first concert. No, my first concert was a Simple Plan concert, actually. Say a word. But he took me to a David Bowie concert. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's plan, some of the like... early, early, early. It was like Simple Plan, like, at, I guess is Simple Plan cool yet? Like, I mean, I know they weren't cool for a minute, but I feel like they're from Montreal and whatnot. They should get some love. Bro, they were always to us because they were from here. Like, as a kid, it was like, yo, this band is actually from, there was even a couple dudes who were from Laval. And so it was like, what? You guys yeah. are actually doing it, you know? I'm not going to say that I still listen to Simple Plan, you know, but as a kid, it, you know, it was cool. That's dope. So, like, at what point um, does it kind of evolve a bit for you and you kind of develop more of an interest? Does that come later on in life, or are you, like, enamored with other passions when you're young? I was... Like, when did the passion for music start? Yeah, like, simultaneously that, but then also, like, you know, just in case there's other shit going on. Or when did I start... Like, when did I start listening to my own music, like, what I want type of shit yeah when did it move into that okay uh i'd say grade five grade six i think i got the um lincoln park hybrid theory and i listened to that shit on my walkman every single fucking day on the bus ride to the school you know in and that was huge for me that album front to back is whole thing I got Chester right here in back of me, bro. You know what I mean? Like, that's my, that's my guy. Bro, like, that's my guy. That is one of the best albums of my times back then. I remember it vividly, front to back. Front to back. Over and over again. And there was almost nothing else like it that I had at that point. Dude, I went and I, I told my mom, I showed her the video for um, not crawling. Uh, shut up. When I'm, oh, dude, one step up. closer. One step closer, yes. I showed her the video, and he looked so cool with his spiky Fucking yes. Hair. And I told my mom, I want to dye my hair blonde. Can I dye my hair blonde? And my mom being the number one supporter that, that she is, you know, she's like, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> So, you know, we would go down to Jean Coutu and buy the little thing and come home. And next day I'm going to school and blonde hair. You know? 
getting yeah. picked on for it, but hair because I looked like Chester in my head. I was like, yo, you guys are laughing at me saying I got yellow hair. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. I fucked it that heavy. Um, I wasn't allowed to bleach my hair, but I did the spiky shit for like probably way longer than I was supposed to. Like way into my tennis. <laughs> <laughs> no, that shit was amazing. It was a good time. He looked like a super saiyan, bro. You know what I mean? Actually, yeah, he did. <laughs> and screaming like that, singing like that. The dude had a super saiyan voice, bro. It was it was so captivating. And then I remember um I remember watching uh Scorpion King. Cause I was huge into wrestling, so I was huge fan of The Rock. So when he started doing movies, Scorpion King was huge when that came out. And I remember the the main like song to the movie was Godsmack, I Stand Alone. <sighs> so, so that track special to me. Godsmack became special to me later in life because one of my best friends, like heavy metalhead, and he like really showed me. He's like, "Yo, you like that one song?" He's like, "Let me show you." Let me show you Godsmack, and I'm Sully, man, Sully. Yeah, that's dope. I'm like, I'm loving this part of the chat. I'm not even gonna lie, you're bringing me back, bro. You're bringing me back to some high school fucking vibes for real. Trust. And for me, that was elementary school vibes. <laughs> oh, say word. Like I was, yeah, that was probably a like grade six, grade five, like listening to that stuff uh seether when seether first came out i remember listening to them and uh obviously obviously metallica and you know the stuff that you hear on the on the radio whatever was on show you know it was that's what i was listening I was in to. grade seven so it wasn't even that deep this shit was all grade seven for me yeah yeah it's just a couple it's difference it's nothing crazy yeah as i remember listening to show and i remember hearing um it was in the no it was crawling it was the music video to crawling and hearing in the end and those two things fucked me up like it just changed my fucking in life. the end in the end is one of the greatest songs of all time in my opinion like just because you never time. heard anything like that you never heard anything like that before when we heard it we were like Phew. what is this I wasn't hip-hop yet but that was my first i guess you can call it hearing him hearing mike shinoda rap in lincoln park was I guess my first taste of uh, hearing rap because I wasn't even I didn't listen to hip hop when I was that age. I used to diss hip hop. I was like I don't like it because all I saw on TV was I just wasn't into it. Like I was just like, yo, rock is what it is, you know. And then you know later on, you, your, your taste buds change and you get open minded and you start going through things in life and you hear something and you relate to it. And Eminem changed my whole fucking. I listened to Eminem one time and that was it, but it was it. I definitely it was had heard Eminem before Linkin Park, but with Linkin Park, it was, uh, that's that emo shit. And I understand that emo shit. I did not understand what the fuck course. Eminem was saying with, I sit back with a pack of zigzags and a bag of his weed. That shit meant nothing to me when I was uh, young. So it was just like words. No, that's cool. <laughs> it just sounded cool. I was like, what is he doing with these words? But like, to me, it was like, yo, I could relate to what Mike Shinoda was saying since time. Like that was what really attracted me to him as a as a rapper was just the emotional. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. He's basically an emo rapper back then. I fucked with it heavy. It was mm -hmm. my favorite shit when I was like twelve, thirteen. It was yeah. 
fucking Evanescence. Come on. Oh my gosh. The yeah, greatest right. emo shit. Come on, bro. All of that. Come on, that Evanescence and Seether song. That shit ate everything. I was like, was that a Spider-Man movie? Or it was in that, that era, but... Or it was... Bro, the Spider-Man movie, I know what you're talking about. That's Nickelback and the lead singer of Seether. That's mm. Hero. Shit. That song... That fucking song made me want to be Spider-Man and a rock star all at the same time. That video hit me as a kid so deep because I'm already such a Spider-Man, such a superhero. Like, that was my my everything. You know what I mean? Superheroes. I'm a Marvel DC fucking geek to the death. Comic books, like, to the death. Like, you know what I mean? So to see it. The music video, you're watching it on much music, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh my God, these worlds are together now. You know what I mean? It was crazy. It was crazy dope. Yeah, man. I'll fucks with this heavy. I can relate to all of what you're saying here. At this point, are you like just a fan of the music or do you have aspirations of creating music along this journey? Like, when I'm listening to, to that as a kid? Yeah, like, you're getting exposed to all this shit. Like, for me, it was like, I saw, like, Eminem and them. I'm like, I want to rap. It wasn't like I really wanted to rap yet. Like, it took mm -hmm. a couple years to kick in. Mm -hmm. But, like, I knew it when I heard oh, that shit. I didn't have any aspirations of making music when I was listening to all this stuff. Because I was like, I'm not that, I'm not a great singer. And I when I hear these dudes doing these crazy, I would always try to sing along and be like, I can't really i can't do this shit <laughs> you know what i mean like i was like this isn't uh i hadn't found my my special thing what i can do yet so i was just like i love this shit but for me when i was a kid also it was like first i wanted to be a pro skater that was like i gotta make it in skating i gotta make it in skating and then after that it was like okay i gotta be a i'm gonna be a basketball player that was always i was choosing these hard ass fucking things that people are telling me are never gonna happen <laughs> Yo, I just gotta you know interrupt I mean? you because Ismail looks like he gifted yeah. a sub, and that's the money shit on Twitch. So I gotta thanks the man for doing the thing. So shout out Ismail for doing that. That's fire. Respect. Um, respect to him. Respect to him. But with that, um, so you're basically at the point of humility, being a fan, and you got into the skater world. Did Tony Hawk influence you at all with the whole game series? Tony Hawk Underground was my shit. Yes. I'm not going to say Pro Skater was my shit, but no. Underground. Dude, Underground took it to like a level that Pro Skater 2, you can't, I can't go back because Underground was just too ill. Like, I wasn't a gaming kid. I never had video games as a kid, never had really a computer or anything like that. It, it just wasn't what I was into and shit was expensive and it just it, that was like luxury type shit, you know, like I go over to my friend's house and see they got all these video games and all this shit. I'm like, damn, you know, we just didn't have that. But then at one point I did have a GameCube and that GameCube was you know, life for a little bit. And that's when I got onto the Tony Hawk, the skating and playing all this NBA street, NFL street and all these all these dope games, you know what I mean? But Tony Hawk in specific, though, the soundtrack, you know, it, it introduced me to so much other shit, you know? So what else do you get up to in that high school time? Are you, like, 
do you have other passions that you're driving since music isn't the main thing for you? And when I first, first got in high school, we're talking like sec one, grade seven, I was just trying to play ball. I was just like, that was what I was trying to do. And then, like I said, bro, when I heard Eminem and I was like relating to some shit. And then I remember I was never good at rhyming. You know, when you're in English class and they make you do poems, it's that time of the year. It's like, okay, guys, we're going to write poems. Yes. A lot, yeah. I hated that shit because I was like, as a kid, I couldn't rhyme. I was like, I didn't understand the concept of making words rhyme as a kid. It just didn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't clicking. Shit wasn't clicking. But then I, I got to show respect to my English teacher in secondary one. I still remember his name, Mr. Strain. And he, he broke it down in a way. He's like, man, just stop worrying about the rhyme and say what you want to say. And eventually you're going to find the, the, the rhymes are going to come naturally. Like the words are going to pop into your head naturally. And there was something about that that stuck with me. And I started writing after obviously hearing Eminem and hearing all that stuff. I'm like, yo, let me, let me try to, to do this, you know? So I go home and write my first like four bars. And from there it was like, okay, this is what I want to do. You know? That's dope. So how does it progress? Do you like show people or do you kind of write on the low or are you practicing a lot? In the or? beginning, I definitely, in the beginning, I definitely don't show anybody. It's like fucking, you know what I mean? You're like hiding it. You're, you're just doing it on your own at home after school or during school, during class. And I had one, I had one homie at the time who he would do it too. He's actually the, the guy who introduced me to really hip hop. He came over and he gave me a CD, like, you know, with all the, like a mix CD back in the day. Yeah. For the kids. I don't know what a fucking mix CD is, you know? And uh, that CD had fucking, that CD had Eminem. It was the first time I heard Lose Yourself. That CD had G Unit. It had Kanye West. It had fucking, uh, what was the other one? Just all that shit from, from that time. And I was like, oh, this is different. This is crazy. So I started rapping with him, just like, just kids, you know, just writing writing little bars and recording them on our little flip phones, pressing, re pressing record on the flip phone. And then you have like the, the instrumental on a, no, first you got to burn the instrumental from Limeware. This is the process. You got to burn the instrumental from Limeware. You got to get it on the CD, put it into your stereo, press play on the stereo, then press record on your phone. And you got to hope to God that you're in that good vicinity that when you're spitting your shit you don't just hear you you also hear the music and that was the first time i ever recorded myself off of just off a of flip phone just press play on the thing and try to get it you know what i mean try to make sure it's at the right distance from the music or whatever that was the first time i ever recorded and that's uh that's like sec one that's grade seven that's the first time say fucking word that's something like yeah because yo i all the dudes in the 90s did the same shit with tape decks. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember those flip phones. And I could see how they were used for that purpose. Or like, yeah, yeah that's dope, man. So what did y'all do with it once you had it on the phone? Show it to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, look at what me and fucking, da -da, look what we did. You know, da -da -da. 
and there wasn't really, you know, there wasn't really anybody else to show it to at the time. Like I didn't have big circle of friends, wasn't popular in school. So the shit was really to myself. Like it was just on the low until one day I met this kid in high school, my homie Azar. And he's like, yo, you should come to my house. And, you know, I have a laptop and I have a little, you know, those mics from the, the dollar store or whatever, the little computer mics. He's like, yo, come over. I have the laptop. I have the mic and we can record. And I was like, OK, let's see what let's see what happens. And that's that's when I really started being like, OK, this is what I want to do, because basketball wasn't going to, you know, I mean, it wasn't going nowhere. Right. Like I was, I was good. I was good at ball, but I wasn't like, I wasn't taking it a hundred percent seriously. And I just wasn't as good as other dudes who are just naturally gifted, ridiculous athletes. I, you know, just wasn't meant to be. I appreciate you, man. I, I get not everyone is built to become a high school athlete, especially back in the day when you didn't always make the teams and stuff. And even if you were good, I remember I got cut right quick. I was 12. Boom. You didn't make the team. Moved on with my life. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, but, like, the music thing is cool to get into so early. Like, I'm impressed by how y'all were, like, moving with it. Because so many people in this age group are not making moves like that. We're just not doing anything of the variety. How are y'all getting beats? Oh, yeah, you said LimeWire. So you got the LimeWire Lime beat bro. You got the fucking gear set up. Say a fucking word. So you guys were, like, a little bit, you know, playing this game proper at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and then when I looked, I linked up with my homie Payne. He came from Atlanta. I don't know how, I don't know why, but my homie Payne, my brother, we've been friends since 14 years old, since he ended up in that school. He just popped up in there, you know, moving from the States and for whatever reason, ended up in Laval. And when he linked up, when I linked up with him, I mean, from the other homie who I was recording with, he was like, yo, you should record with him. And then I linked up with him, man, and we've been mu making music ever since. We used to skip school to go to his place. He had one of the first Macs, you know, the, the little tiny, one of the first Mac computers, you know, and we would, that's when we made the transition from, okay, fuck LimeWire, we're just going to record off YouTube instrumentals. Right. And just on the, on the Mac, you can just click record, switch page, go to the YouTube, and that's how that started. And then we were, next thing you know, next thing you know, we're, we're pressing up CDs and I'm passing them through to school. And next thing you know, I, everybody knows uh, people are talking about, you know, like it was that kind of thing. It was cool. It was a, it was a little moment. It was a vibe. I'm not going to lie. As a kid, it was a little vibe. So how were you guys like just grabbing like blank discs and like using the disc burner, all of that stuff. And then like markers on the CD, like boom, 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 the whole thing. That's wild. Mark. Marker on the CD, press up like 20 of them, bring them to the school, sell them for like five bucks. If somebody don't want to pay five bucks, okay, bro, give me like two, three bucks. It's fine. <laughs> you know? And that's it. That's wild. And then all your costs are what? Five bucks to buy the pack of CDs in the first place or whatever. Actually, CDs may have been more pricey back then. I can't remember. Well, I mean, I, I remember going to the dollar store and straight up getting it for a dollar a CD, you know? Mm. Like... I would do it like that sometimes, which would probably not even the smartest way to do it. But I just go buy 10 CDs at 10 bucks, 11 bucks, See, whatever. Somebody just popped off a comment. Shout out Uja Nightshade. Hot I was living, burning CDs. It was $7. I'm 
Just imagine seven dollars a disc to burn around. You know? But now it's probably like I don't even know where I could buy a CD. I mean, I know where I could, but I haven't bought a CD in a real long time. <clears throat> the last CD I bought was I always would would buy the albums of like the certain artists that I really, really fucked with. So like every time Eminem dropped an album, I would make sure I go actually cop the album until maybe a couple of, not more than a couple of years ago. I'm not going to front. It's been a long time. Mm -hmm. I definitely know I was in my early twenties when I last cared about buying CDs. And then I bought a couple at shows because something about being mm -hmm. on a show, I might actually cop your album and never open it. I've done that before, but I can't remember whose album I bought and never opened it. Cause yo, like I'm going to go buy your album and then go open Spotify and play it. Like, why am I going to open the album? I'll just keep it as a collector's well, item in its original packaging and shit. I don't even think nowadays the whole passing out CDs, there's no point in that anymore, man. It, that, that shit's really dead, man. I mean, there's an argument to be made that if you can sell them, do it. I know people For sure, but then at that them. point, at that point, you can just sell it on Apple Music. Like, That's a fair I point. I would love to. I mean, I would love to go to a show and sell a bunch of CDs, but I don't know if anybody's gonna do that anymore. Everybody's just gonna be like, "Yo, send me your Spotify link. Yo, send me your Apple Music link. Nah, send me your YouTube." Video. There's this whole sect of people because I had that same sentiment, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like I'm really bad. not into physical products anymore because I want the QR code and shit. But like, every time I had this conversation. Not every time, but a large sect of people I had this conversation with have assured me that there's a high a high value in having that level of physical intimacy with the music at a certain point. Like, I personally don't know if I'd literally press discs for merch. That's just not my move because of the plastic involved at this point more than anything else. But if it wasn't for the plastic, I think there's a lot of value in having that shit at a show because people want to, like, pick that shit up, hold it in their hand, I'll fucking give you money more than I think they want. They also want the Spotify link. Don't get me wrong, but I it's, still it's think anything, there's I value think it's in that like phenomenon. A, it's a nostalgia factor. Like, oh shit, you got CDs on you? Oh shit. Okay, yeah, I'll buy you a CD. Yeah, I'd have vinyls too but, if I could, but that's but like hell like, crazy. But bro, People are gonna buy your CD and where are they gonna play it? How many people you know got a in the whip, in the whip, in the whip? It's all the in the whip people. All the people I, I know that have whips with CD players in them are really yeah. bad. Like I got, I got into a rapper car one time. Let's do basics. First thing he does, pulls out a 2010 Montreal mixtape, pops it in the CD player and plays the shit for me because he wanted me to hear his. And so I'm like, yeah, there is a crowd. Is it a big one? I don't know, but it exists. So it makes me wonder if like, of course you stack shit up, right? In theory, you could move the product if you know what you're looking for in a, in a clientele. Of course you definitely could. If you have people that believe in your shit and they really fuck with your music to the point that they want to spend that 10 bucks to give it to you or spend 20 bucks to come to your show in the first place, I wouldn't even ask somebody to buy a CD after they already bought a ticket to the show. I'm so thankful that you even bought the ticket to the show. Here's the CD for free. 
Like yeah, yeah. on some real shit. I'd definitely sell you a even... shirt after that though. I'd happily sell you a shirt <laughs> after coming to my show. Don't get me wrong. That shit has upfront cost that I want to make back and recoup. <laughs> but for a one two sure. shirt can go away for free to the people in the show. But like to me, merch is the move, honestly, outside of discs. Cause and people could get more like innovative with their merch too. Like I seen some like it don't have to be a t shirt. That's all I'm trying to say. I got a lot, you know, T-shirts. But, like, yo, hit me with that, like, wallet. Catch me off guard. Maybe I'm in the market for merch. a new wallet. You know what I'm saying? Merch has become, like, a way for artists to eat, especially independent artists. Like, you live off your touring. You live off your merch straight up. So, like... You're in high school bumping out uh, these little mixtapes. You have your little buzz. Are you performing with that? Or is it more the like power of this dude's actually moving some shit? Uh, the only performance I did, like my first performance was like a school lunch performance type shit, you know? Like yeah. performing at school, little talent show, little little things like that. I wasn't getting into no clubs or anything like that at that time. It was all just whatever was going on at school or little parties, like little parties, you know, pass some mic maybe type of shit. But at then at the same time, I was always super intimidated to rap in front of people. It was scary, you know, because you're you're putting yourself out there. And, you know, the first couple of times you do it, people are going to be like, yo, that shit's trash. Like, it's whack. Like, you have to get nine that's trash to get that one, yo, that was good, to build your confidence. And if you can't take those nine people saying, yo, you're trash, then most people stop after that and they never continue, you know? Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I wasn't really... And I probably was trash in the beginning, you know? <laughs> there was a lot of trash in the beginning, you know? <laughs> think a lot of people think back on their younger years like it was trash but i bet like other 15 year olds fucked with your shit and that's the other part yeah old people never fucked with 15 year old shit that's just what we got to yeah. remember in those moments i don't think a lot about that because like i don't know like as you get older like you just kind of look back like it's corny but it was probably authentic as fuck you felt whatever corny shit you were saying <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, I was never a popular kid, like I said, but when I started putting out music, people in the school started paying attention and what was and you? listening, and then, sorry? What was your original rap name? Oh, God. Uh, my first rap name was, okay, so my real name's Kenny. My first name's Kenneth, whatever, Kenny. And my mother's last name is Garcia. So the first rap name was Kenny G. I didn't know about the country singer back then. <laughs> That's amazing. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. And then from there, it went to uh, just truth. And then I had the whole little AKA. I used to call myself, this is extremely cringy, but I used to call myself Mad Raps. <laughs> Got, this is how it goes yo one time i had um the fucking the special child at hotmail.com 
I did not keep that fucking shit in Sejep. I let go of that email right quick once I started handing that out to people and I saw the looks on their faces and shit. And I'm like, nope, this is not a good email. Not good at all. <laughs> um, that's still wild that you basically be banging up mixtapes in high school and shit or tracks or whatever it may be. Um, I guess it's a- I have to thank my homie Payne for that. Because if it wasn't for him, you know, I'd just be the little loner writing his raps at the, in the corner by myself. You know, he, he really like said, "Yo, we're gonna do this." Because he was from the states, you know, so he was already doing shit in schools back then, and the whole vibe of being in the states is like, "Yo, we can do this." We don't really have that vibe over here, especially back in the day. Nobody's, nobody's rapping really, thinking, "Yo, this is something we can do." Big facts. I did. That's, that's a huge statement. Um, so, like, I guess what happens after high school for you? Do you still pursue this? Yeah, by the time I, by the time I finished high school, I was telling myself and everybody else that I'm gonna do music in life. That's the only thing I want to do. I told my mom I don't want to go to college. She just said, "Please graduate." So I did that for her. I graduated high school. Um, it's not a big accomplishment but for me it's something because like you know my dad didn't graduate high school type shit so for me it's like okay at least i i got that you know (laughs) it's not much but it's something and then it was just the the nine to five grind right out of high school it was just you got to get a job and you know try to help out the fam at home and just shitty job after shitty job and then while doing the shitty jobs just going to this trying to find studios writing music and just grinding that's that's a very concise way of putting all of that (laughs) yeah but a lot of i spent a lot of time just you know recording music trying to make it as good as i can make it. it took it took years to it took years to be good to be decent to for me to consider myself like okay no I, I do this well it took a long time for me to be confident enough to be like nah man i i do this shit well it, it's the only thing that i feel like i do well <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i appreciate that i mean I've i'm not of- a i'm not a school kid i'm not a i'm not a handyman i was i never wanted to go work construction i never built none of that like when I found music and I found writing, like writing versus just letting everything out, you know, just that it's therapy type shit. When I found that shit, my life changed. I was like, I don't want to do anything else but put words together. As corny as that sounds, like that's what it was. Nah, I think it's corny at all. I'm basically doing everything in my life to be in a position where I can put my words together like that. So I fucks with that heavy. Um, so when it comes down to your, your whole like musical process, from what I understand, you kind of just, you're working for a minute. At what point do you start to like decide to like take it more seriously? I see you got like a bunch of music videos since like 2017 till now. So like, yeah, how does that like flow work for you? I spent way too long, like I said, trying to make it, uh, good to my standards, like, I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of years just recording and recording and recording and never releasing nothing 
until and everybody who was around me was like yo release 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 and i'm like it's not good enough it's not good enough i didn't want to put anything out until i felt it was solid and then even when i did put something out a year will pass and i'll be like fuck that shit's not solid why did i put it out but that's just the process you know so i guess it was really a couple years ago where i'm like hey i need to start doing music videos i need to take it seriously i need people to see that this is what i'm doing with my life so that's why my instagram all you see is my music i don't use any other social media i don't use facebook if it was up to me i wouldn't have social media like i wouldn't have shit maybe i'd have a little instagram to follow some 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 things but like I wouldn't use it. I only use it for my music. That's it. Nice. So I really started taking it seriously. Yeah. So I started putting myself, putting my all into it these past couple of years. I'm not going to front and be like, I was putting my all into it since I was 16. Cause I wasn't. Wow, I mean, that's real candid. And I really think it's interesting that you touch on that, but the fact that, um, you didn't want to release it because you were perfecting it. Um, over the course of this journey of interviewing people, I found myself uh, really getting along with sound engineer studio guys, and they've told me some stories. Of course. One of the things that drives most of them nuts is, like, reworking the same tracks over and over again instead of just, like, artists releasing it. And I've been told that most people that they work with end up never releasing the music. And that was just like the most baffling thing to me. I've never been that guy. If anything, you could argue I should take more time into my shit before releasing it. And I had to learn how to slow the fuck down and not put it out the day I got the mix. So like, <clears throat> I had the opposite shit. So it was a little weird to me to hear that people be like that. But what is it that like, what is it that you're listening for in those moments? Like, that's the thing that I'm most curious about. So like you hear the track, right? Like, are you hearing these like subtle differences between each version of it that change it? Is it drastic shit? Like, how does that work in like your, in like your perceptions? Like I have to be able to listen to it 50 times in a row and not hear anything wrong. If I mispronounce a word, if I stumble on my flow, if I'm off beat, just one word out of the whole 16 bars, if one word is off beat, it's like, well, if I notice it, somebody else will notice it. So I'm like, it's garbage. Let's do it again. Or I'm never putting this out. Like, I was just super picky with myself because the bar I was setting for myself was so high because I'm listening to all this super, you know, I started getting into, like, Tech 9 and, and Yellow Wolf and super lyrical dudes, Bone Thugs and Harmony, really. When I got into that, it really changed my the whole harmonizing and bringing melodies in and shit like that i just i was listening to top tier shit so i'm like yo i don't want to put out lesser quality i'm like if my shit's not as dope as it can be it's it's whack <laughs> for better or worse that was my mentality and i i really i kind of wasted i don't want to say wasted time because it was all for a purpose and it got me to where I am. But I did, there's years and years and years and years of music that nobody will ever hear that I don't even want to hear ever again. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah, wild. I mean, I appreciate it because I find your music's really, I like, got like a level of meticulousness to it. 
Like, I noticed it with your doubling more than anything else. It's like the way you'll like come in like on a on like the third line and like fade it out real quick. You know, it's just a little. Like, you really fucking took time to decide exactly where shit needed to be, and a lot of nuances on that end of it. Or I'm like, man, nah, I don't even give a shit. How I like. When I record a track and I do that part, it's more like, all right. And then I do whatever comes into my head. And as long as I feel like it don't sound like shit, very different metric. If it don't sound like shit, I can roll with this. Because I'm like, in my head, fuck that. The difference between me and X-Men is a budget, not necessarily a skill. So, like, for me, that's how I felt the whole career. To, to my chagrin, Guaranteed. right? And it's not good because I've made some really shitty choices over this mentality. Don't get me wrong. I had to learn how to get more, like, wise as it aged a bit. But I don't know. But, but it, it works for it works for certain artists. Certain artists just, they go in there, they, they lay it one time, and they put it out, and, and that's it. And especially unfortunately like I was nowadays like, I, was, I was never like that i always did it like a few times but like you know like i just like yo i would recognize when i was like this is the best i'm fucking getting this shit until six months goes by fuck that i'm not waiting six months to put this on that was mostly the like more conversation i would have because yo i would want to hit the melody in my head and i'm like i can't sing that shit on my weight it took me almost nine years to hit some of the melodies I was thinking of that long ago. Trust, I wasn't waiting that long to release the music. I was compromising my whole fucking music career. It's just been compromising for days. In fact, now it's like I compromise less than I used to. That's good. Everybody has their own their own path, their own way of doing things, their own way of figuring shit out. Like, you know, to each their own and more power to you you know sometimes i wish i was more like that and i released some shit you know i got i got a lot of experiment when i started getting back into the rock stuff like new metal stuff i started blending it with my rap shit and i have a lot of like rock rap shit that's never gonna get released probably because it's just i don't even know where it is anymore it's at a whole other studio with a whole other engineer and it's just it's old now you know so i'm not gonna put it out but i went through a lot of different phases of recording changing my voice it took so many years for me to find my voice you know what i mean yeah actually i do get that a lot i feel like i try very hard to not be eminem when i rap like i don't know if that makes sense but like i try hard to not be eminem at this point and of fit, course. And now I'll, I'll hear the nasal flows here and there. I'll hear these things and I'll be like, no, nope, <laughs> I, I did it again. Sometimes not. I feel that. But like, I feel that. Or like somebody heard one of my tracks and is like, bro, you just sound like Eminem. And I'm like, oh, fuck my life. Like, it's like, and it's going to happen probably because, yo, when, shit. I remember high school was full of that. And the same thing with Tech 9. And all of these separate dudes I got into over the years. It took me a long time to, to not just, like, mimic shit. Oh, uh, bro, the whole the whole you sound like Eminem thing is something I battled from day one because he was my first influence and my main influence when I was younger. So people just always called me a wannabe Eminem. People always just said, ah, oh, you just sound like Eminem until I started maturing with what I was listening to and I started branching out 
and I started listening to different types of hip hop, different types of shit, then it's like, okay, there's, there's so much other, no cap. When I started smoking weed in high school, I started listening to different shit. You know what I mean? It just opened up my, my ears to all this. I started listening to Wiz Khalifa and all this like different types of stuff. Bone Thugs and Harmony hit me heavy. Like I was like, what is this? You know? I do know. I like that you said that. I didn't smoke weed in high school, so I don't have that memory. But I started a little bit after high school. And mm-hmm. yo, music so different. It just does. Yeah, it really does. Yo, uh, I started listening to Yellow Wolf in in high school, my last year of high school, and that was huge for me because I was a different type of. It's like okay, there's another white boy doing it, but it's like it's different. He's not like Eminem at all. He don't sound like Eminem at all. He's a completely different vibe. It's like okay, there's it's different, you know what I mean? Then you get into everybody else who's doing their thing and you just find your own lane after a while. Nah, I relate heavy to that. Yellow Wolf was big for me. Um, especially Huge. when I started people... like getting into music proper because I think I just discovered him at that point. I don't remember what it was, but it was the Shady 2.0. What am I saying? Eminem fucking put him on the front of the world and said, listen to this man. Oh, yeah? So, a fucking right. course I did. I was like, well, Eminem said I should listen to Yellow Wolf. And then they were doing tracks together. It's like 2010 and shit, 11, when they dropped that album with Gangsta yeah. Boo on it. And yeah, at yeah, that yeah, point, yeah, yeah, YouTube yeah. is like my shit that's how youtube it's it I'm, I'm over for that and i remember just being in call centers listening to youtube all day at the time and yo i really got into yellow wolf at that point in life like he was the guy after eminem that got me to go look for other white boys i'm not gonna same. lie at that time it's kind of what it was i was looking for white boys same thing same thing bro and then i, I found machine gun kelly early Ooh. on what I found him way before all this pop punk bullshit, but Yo, we did whatever. The Rise Against all... cover, the the cover of fucking Swing Life Away, got me in. Yeah, that whole Black Flag project fucked me up. Yes, is the way. Yes, dark, dark side of the moon. Oh Where are you at, Kels? Where's that Machine Gun Kelly now? Whatever. He That's got the whole mushrooms in his fucking life. Out. Mushrooms. And I got <laughs> he got Megan he got Megan Fox in his life. That's Let's be fair. Because, yo, here's how I see it. He was doing all that shit. Then he got more famous and got deeper into that kind of shit. And that's how you got on that wave where Rap Devil popped off. And if you listen to the rest of that project, it was not like Rap Devil. It was a lot more like, I did psychedelics in the hotel room at 4 a.m. That was more what he was doing. And then after that, I feel like somehow he just landed on pop punk, which isn't even new for him because he'd been dibbling and dabbling the whole time. And yo, yeah. it broke the charts. So it's like, what are you going to do? Go back? I don't think anybody was expecting MGK to have a fucking number one record after that. But I don't know. I just kind of, I kind of wish it could have been a hip hop album that he went number one with because I feel like his hip hop albums were stronger bodies of work than his pop punk album. Like, like I said, I grew up on rock. I love rock. On the day-to-day, I listen to rock more than I listen to rap. But that pop-punk stuff just isn't for me. It's just not my vibe. That's so fair. I get it. The, I really, the kids the kids like it. It's generation like it. Even though I grew up on Simple Plan, nah, like, I, I wasn't... I kind of liked it back then. It was that... It, I'm a sucker for it. I'm a little sucker like, for I wasn't. Shit. I wasn't into Blink-182. I wasn't into My Chemical Romance. <sighs> uh, was, oh, I wasn't man. into these bands. I was bands. into that shit. I'm not even going to lie. 
I was I was grunge, bro. I I, I love the grunge. Alice in Chains, fucking, you know what I mean? Like I had to get into that as a grown up. Like it was more yeah. like when I started really getting into music history that I started appreciating a lot more of that side of things. Um almost yeah. like obsessively now. Now it's like I really appreciate when I hear some fucking obscure music that fucks me up. Like if it sounds like nothing I've heard before or it sounds like it's really out there, it delights me. But this is only after I spent years doing album reviews and shit and trying to like understand shit like music theory and like the process that goes into like fucking concept albums and shit like that. And then, but like before that, like, uh, like some cool shit. Yeah. That's a great example. The lateralis album or whatever, like that whole shit, like Crazy. the fact that they have a song based on a math principle with like the proper timing to line up to a, f I'm like, what the fuck kind of writing is this? Right? Like that shit trips me out. But before like that, I was straight up singles. It was just like, yo, this single's lady putting that on my phone i'm singing along and then all of a sudden i cared more about like way more of it plus i just wanted to listen to shit i related to empathized with directly and reinforced my beliefs in the world let's be fucking real that's that 20 year old shit <laughs> it it always had to be something i relate to i it, it couldn't I, I found it hard to listen to music that i don't relate to it's like okay yeah, i can listen to it once or twice but it's not gonna be on it's not gonna be on repeat. It's not gonna be getting me through the days, like you know. Like I loved Fifty Cent, loved the G Unit shit, and the da 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 da, you know. But I couldn't relate to it. I wasn't out there dropping bodies like Fifty and fucking. You know, I wasn't living that life as a kid. Yeah. So it's like I couldn't relate to that shit. But when Eminem talks about being a poor white kid, it's like okay, I I get that. When he talks about the tropes home troubles and shit like that so okay i get that you know what i mean I, so i get what you mean a lot actually i remember landing on sage francis around 2010 ish and this dude's just like a chunky white dude with a beard that spits philosophy and shit i'm like what the fuck that's the new that yo that guy was a huge impact on me once upon a time because like i hadn't seen anybody come like smart smart like unapologetically i'm a nerd rap as levels <laughs> of how it came off like political commentary bars and real protest oh, yeah. movement mixtape series shit <clears throat> i mean he stopped when he got older because fair enough you get older his last album was like star trekky in vibe i think i didn't really end up listening to it just on how life evolved um sometimes like you want to listen to shit now and it's like bro it's like the list of shit i want to get to is too big but um back then man yo he was writing this shit where it was like I hadn't ever really seen anybody write experiences I felt I could relate to so like specifically down to some of the more self-esteemy shit this dude was going through with his music. Whereas an adult, I found myself even like, yo, say a word, I get where you're coming from. So it's like, yeah. And then, I, and then like, that was it at that point. Cause then, I don't know. Then it was a lot of Hobson's and shit. And Hobson was big at one point for me. I listened to a lot of that raw album, the Ill Mind of Hobson yeah. Five. I think like Ill Mind of Hobson Five was too impactful, <laughs> if anything. Yeah, Hobson in the beginning was, and you you saw the the Eminem influence in him so much, but he I did it in a different way, in his own way, and it was so dope. I was like, yo, this this is dope. 
And it was when I started to feel like lyrics were coming back because for a long time, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah, I want. I know, I feel like that's an interesting point because I felt that way for the longest time, and then I got older and liked all the shit I hated on. So now I'm like pro Lil Wayne, and back then I was not pro Lil Wayne. I had to like I'm, understand I'm, a lot I'm a of certain, what they did. I like I understand I'm a pro what they Lil do. Pro Lil Wayne, now. but it's a certain Wayne. You know what I mean? There's a there's a certain Wayne that I'm pro Wayne because he's one of the dopest metaphor guys flow the his delivery so carter 2 everything before that like crazy the joel santana mixtapes with him i can't feel my face crazy crazy shit yeah i even like some of the other shit i just kind of got old and started liking everything more and i'm like you know what sometimes i just want to vibe out some dumb shit and Yo, honestly, Lil Wayne's vibes are pretty incredible. I think the vibe matters a lot more to me than I ever did. Yo, when little Little Wayne, Little Wayne is the reason for a whole generation of. He started a sound, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, he had a huge impact. I'm surprised at how few people bring him up in like their goat top fives. I know like a lot of people do, but I feel like he's you know not why? brought up enough for the actual they... impact I feel he's had. They did him dirty. They did him dirty. Everybody was on Wayne's tip, and everybody was Lil Wayne. When I was in high school, it was Lil Wayne fever. Everybody, everybody would dress in red, and little white boys thought they were bloods because of Lil Wayne. Like it was, it was stupid. And then he fell off, I guess, because of bullshit that was going on with uh, Cash Money, and he wasn't putting out the same type of music. And everybody just forgot about dude. They do him dirty. He's a legend. Everybody just forgot about dude. They're like, ah, oh, he's not doing. There's no more lollipop. There's no more like. They just they do him so dirty because yeah, he's like, so fucking dope. Swiss beat song. They're like, get the fuck though. Get the Yo, fuck though. Five, four, three, four, one. Let the pop blow. That, that one go. Yeah, that one. Hard. That shit's amazing. Hard. Carter Five is you, dope. You heard his. You heard his verse on uh, the baby song "Lonely." That's like some new shit that just dropped not long ago. No, I'm a, I'm like mad out of touch with new music, like this year. So am I, but this one fell is, out heavy. Like uh, I don't listen to the baby a lot, but this one was hard. Um, I the baby, like the baby is one of those dudes where I've never really been like I want to turn the baby off, but I don't ever feel compelled to like I gotta memorize this dude's bars, but like nah. I just enjoy watching his music videos. I definitely want to go like this more because of the baby. He he really does like <laughs> for sure. Like, he's so fun. He makes me want to be more fun. I'm not even gonna lie. He's he's an entertaining dude. He's an entertaining dude for sure. But yeah, he's cool. And the flow is just nice. It bops what His he says. Flow is dope. He got bars. He got bars. He spits like he really spits. He's not just out there mumbling. Doing auto tune stuff like he's spitting. I fuck with him. I know. Um, no, that's fair. So like, as far as where your career is at now, do you have like projects in the works? Like, what do you what are you up to these days with it? Because I know you hit me up to do the interview, which is fire. Because again, like I'm like on my quest of learning who people is. But well, how do you see your like next little bit playing out with regards to your your projects and whatnot? 
I, I really feel like in the past two years, you know, now it's like I got the the, the ball rolling a little bit. Like the, the snowball is starting to roll. Because like we've been saying, I've been doing music since 16. I've been recording in studios, even if it's just my friend's studio, you know what I mean? We'll be in a closet, but I'm still recording. I've been recording music consistently for 10 years. But now... Now it's the time in the past two years, everything I've released, especially in this last year, I'm, I'm standing behind my shit now. And I'm not really working on an album, so to speak, but I'm just going to focus on consistently dropping, consistently putting out content and consistently showing people that this is what I'm doing with my life. This is what the fuck I'm doing. And, and I do it well. You don't have to, it may not be your type of music. You don't have to like it and, not a lot of people like the the half rock shit. Not a lot of people like the, you know what I mean? It's not for everybody, but I mean, I know I'm doing this. There's an undercurrent of Montreal that fucks with that shit. Like just too many people that make that kind of music for it to not like be a vibe. Like I've got a two, three song that fit in nice with your new metal shit. Like I'm telling yeah. you, like one of them's not out, but I could show it to you. Cause it's just, I don't know if I have permission to release it, but I did a whole track with a band that wanted their Rage Against the Machine moment kind of thing. So like, okay, okay, you know, motherfuckers be like into it. There's, there's just a. I don't know if like the fans are into it. I assume they would be, but there's like a shit ton of like artists just all over that kind of independently fuck with Honestly, it. Honestly, that don't like congregate and create like the vibe. But I would go to the new metal rap show. I thought it was like the other way around, and I feel like the fans and the people. Uh, the people who like music want it. I feel like the artists and the musicians sometimes, I found it hard with metalheads and rockheads. They don't want to hear no rap shit. They're like, oh, if you're going to do a song with me, I don't want to hear no rap shit. And then you got the hip-hop heads that don't want to hear no rock shit. Like, some dudes are too stuck into their little box, into their little genre, and they don't want to do nothing else. And it's it's hard. It's frustrating sometimes. That's why I kind of eased off the the new metal shit the rock shit i kind of eased off it because you know i definitely it's not as easily it's not as easily i don't know i don't know how to how to put it i guess it's just not as easily taken for people some people get shocked by it some people get like put off by it they're like oh what's going on are you a rapper or are you a rocker They're, they're asking me like yo what do you do because for a certain amount of time i was putting out one song that sounded like this and then I put out another song that sounds like that. And then I'm doing like horror core Halloween videos. And they were just like, yo, what are you doing? What's your sound? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just doing whatever the fuck I feel like that day. Yo, it's wild you know? to me. It's like I'll talk to like 20 year olds and shit that be like playing the game more like they're deliberately doing what you just described is where I was going with that. Because, yo, so if you drop like a singing song. And then you follow it up with like a hard track and then you do like this next thing it creates this vibe where they never know what you're gonna do next they might like it they might hate it but they're gonna keep checking and i'm like oh that kid, they're fucking smart <laughs> but um but i'm not even thinking about it like that that's just like how it happened i was like i want to put this out i want to put this out i want to put this out it made me hella curious to go through youtube in a way where Yo, if it is the same vibe, you just know what you're getting, and I will tune out more more than if you are going to create the versatility. But I hear what you're saying about the people wanting to fuck with it because while I did that one track with that band, 
it took years to find a band that was willing to work with a rapper. In fact, they'd all say the same shit to me. They'd be like, yo, I love the idea. They don't want it. They, I love the idea. I love the sound of the shit. I think it would be like really fun. But, you know, my band makes this music, so we can't do that. And individually, each of the musicians would let you come jam with them even. But the branding of the band up until like, what, 2016 in my experience, 17 even, wouldn't allow anybody. And it was like, I know I propositioned like 50 bands over the course of four years. Any band I would need. I was a slut. I was like, if you were a band, I also did it with DJs, like EDM DJs. I was like, yo, let's do some shit. I had no means to do some shit. I was brave when I didn't know how hard it was to pull off some shit. Man, I had so much of a hard time trying to get just my boy's bandmates to respect my shit. Like, my boy who I do the rock shit with, who you see in the videos uh, for Red Couch, he's playing the guitar with me, and we're like, we're going off. He has his own band. He always had his hard rock band. And, like, I always wanted to work with them. I always was like, yo, Jay, man, let me do a song with your band. And he was all for it. And then the rest of the band's like, eh, I don't know, the rapper, I don't know. And it was just, it was so hard. It took so long. Like, Yo, And now, I'm not even going to lie, it feels like that's the current, like, there's a lot to be done in that lane right now that's profitable if we want to go down the path of, like, not even because of, like, local trends, but just, like, Travis Barker, like, almost single-handedly, has revived a lot of new metal in my opinion he did so many things with rappers i mean you could run that shit back to the like 3 a.m remix and shit like oh that. my god like think about the how forever like they did the forever, forever live remix. at the fucking grammys they turned it into like a new metal jam for a or a vma performance or some shit the forever like remix by right. himself he was like a one-man mission to like make sure that new metal... to work to work with rappers yeah but yeah. like and then i heard him do that project with suicide boys which i loved which surprised the fuck out of me yo what's up chemo it surprised the fuck out of me because come on like at first i was a hater when it came to suicide boys not like i like a typical hater a old man hater like fuck this i'm being old now and then I, I stopped being I old when it. I heard it with, Tra with Travis um, Barker. I heard the shit they did. I'm like, oh, this is so lady. And then I went back and I'm like, oh, I'm just being an old man. And I had to, you know, I have that battle a lot now. Sometimes it's hard for me to get into newer musics and shit. Yo, Suicide Boys, uh, Lil Peep. There was a point in my ah, life Lil where Lil Peep was huge. And RIP to him, a kid gone. He was going to be huge because he was he was Yo, special little peep is by Dude. far one of my faves i'm gonna throw it out there uh, like that whole that whole emo rap scene the xxx shit that that whole suicide boys uh ghost main all that uh shit i loved it because i was like oh shit i related to it so much like because for a certain point of time it was only really like I was hearing just like drill stuff, you know, like the Chicago stuff. And then like that music is really what's popping. Or if it's not that, it's the melodic auto-tune sing rap type stuff. That's what's really popping right now. But then I found this whole underground shit of this 
dark, angry, emo rap shit, dude screaming on 808 beats and shit, and just talking about being depressed as fuck. <laughs> but it was dope. I fucked with it so much. For, I had like a whole year of just listening to that shit, maybe because I was going through my own shit, but it helped. That music really was dope as fuck at that time for me. No, I, I fucks with it like now, now. I'm not even going to lie. Um, Even Ghost to Main. I accidentally jacked his vocal tone. Hard. I didn't know what he sounded like, so you got to understand. I did this shit without knowing what the fuck he sounded like. And I said okay. to a guy, and guy's like, oh, he sounds like Ghost to Main. And I'm like, what's that mean so i went and listened to it and i found out it's rap like marilyn manson <clears throat> like, but like, yeah and i'm like oh that's cool because i spent a lot of time doing marilyn manson voices i'm not even gonna lie i'll flux with him heavy like this is the new shit is like in my opinion a track that is really test your voice you gotta do a lot of things with your voice to do this is the new shit properly and yeah he gives you that a lot i find um and yeah. so I listen to Ghost of Maine and I'm like, say fucking word. We are in a different as or that that corpse guy. His voice is so I've heard, cool. I've heard a couple. Uh, yeah, I've heard a couple of his things. There's a lot of. It took a lot of time to, for me to learn how to use my voice in different ways and do different sounds and be unique with it. You know. <clears throat> yeah, that shit takes practice. Yeah, for sure. And listening to all these different dudes that who do it, I always admired and I always was inspired by uh, by artists who didn't sound like, like when you hear them talking in the interview, they don't sound like how they sound on the CD. Like when they sing or when they rap, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a talent. It's a, it's a different vibe. It's a different voice. Something comes out and it's something different. You know what I mean? I always really fucked with that. Ah, fuck said that too. So as far yeah. as live shows go, you said you haven't done a lot of performing, right? I haven't, man. I've done like, I've done my little club things, you know, little small dive bars, little, little shows for twenty people. You know, I've done my little things, fifty people, just small things, just small little bars in Montreal and little parties. But I can't say that I've done any big shows or anything like you know what i mean significant like that that's fair it is definitely complicated to find your way into significant things in this area it's not impossible yeah. i've spent a lot of time trying to figure out how this all works so i realized a lot of things i was doing silly but like but man i this whole covid shit really made me miss performing in an empty bar man that ox <laughs> um yeah, like no, there's I, something like... there's something dope about it because even if there's like 20 people in the place and you go and you perform and you know what i mean they're, they're not paying no no attention they're not giving you no mind they're not but then after you get off you know and later on in the night if just one person can come up to me and be like yo your shit was dope then for me my night is a success and i go home so amped and i go home so hyped and i'm like I, I did it you know it's a success for me that's a w for me like facts i mean yeah um yeah it's definitely complicated to do live stuff here not impossible 
this the bigger nah. circuit, but like the smaller circuit's definitely there. Honestly, I just rented an amp and went to the park and started effectively organizing a show up. I always shit. wanted to do that, dude. For real, you did that. Yo, I always wanted yo, there's to do a, that. Shit. shit, there's a fucking store. I forget the name, Bunny or somebody can put it in the chat. Either way, I can tell you after. It's by Laval was one of the options. The motherfucker's fucking fifty dollars a month. It's got a Bluetooth input and two mic inputs. And bro, like, what the fuck else do you really need to do some in the park shit? But two mics and a fucking Bluetooth. It. It's Long and McQuaid. It. Especially nowadays. And it, so Long and McQuaid. Yeah, that yeah. shit's up in fucking Laval. I know for a fact yeah, that there. Yeah, I know Longin McQuaid, man. My boy always be stealing guitar jacks from there. That's <laughs> fair. But they got the amp shits, right? And like for 50 bucks a month, man, I was like, oh, it's that affordable? That was a moment for me because I only figured this out like September. So you can see it's pretty late in the summer season to discover that the amp in the park thing is a yeah. valuable project. But yeah. Yeah. That's it starts fault. getting cold, man. Yeah. But like that type of shit. Always, always wanted to do that. Always wanted to throw a show in a park. Like that would be so dope. As long as you don't charge money, at least in Montreal it's yeah. legal. You don't need a shit. Well, yo, speaking, speaking of shows, man, I got one in November. Fucking uh, shout out. Do you know Jay Noir? I've heard the name. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, he he's... was. Was he not on the Hustle podcast? He might have been. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. That's where I know the that, name Mar- That's where I, that's where I saw you, that's where I saw you on the Hustle podcast. Say word. Yeah. Cuz uh anyways, but Jay Noir Justin, I knew him since high school too. Like when I was rapping in high school, he was rapping too. Like we were both uh doing our little high school thing at the same time, you know? And he was he was always been doing his thing since then. So he's putting together this show, man, November 19th. Uh it's private venue secret location type shit is that how we move now that's the future i get it yo if you want to come through my guy it's in shamity come through bro it's gonna be blessed it's gonna be a blessed night i'm trying to turn up with everybody who supports i'm trying to meet people who i haven't met before people from instagram who have been supporting me and shit i'm trying to tell everybody to pull up and all I can say is right yeah, now yeah. it's a possible thing, but I'm going to New York next week, so you definitely got to remind me when I'm back from New York because it, I got you. Because I think I might forget that shit. There's a little bit, a lot of I excitement in my near future. That's blessed. That's blessed. Cheers to that. That's blessed. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm tripping, honestly. The more I say it out loud and I realize it's like in a week I'm in the Bronx, get the fuck out of here. I've never been in New York before. Trust me to pop out. I. I always wanted to go to New York, man. Watching Spider-Man. I always wanted to go to New York. <laughs> yeah, that's facts. There's a lot of movies and shit out there. The more I think about it. Um, of course, of course, of course. Nah, there's countless, countless, countless movies. But me as a kid, you know, just watching those Spider-Man movies, watching him swing through New York City, I'm like, man, I want to see that city. Like, I want to see Times Square in real life type shit. But I, ne- I didn't do much traveling, you know? just wasn't... I haven't got there yet. I appreciate that. That's why we got to like, to me, the vision is to almost help bridge gaps towards creating an ecosystem that gets a lot of us traveling for dollars. As long as we can monetize it, that's the the plan for me. Like even this New York trip, as long as I film a bunch of content and lose money, 
I gained like five bucks off the AdSense. We can declare the trip is basically what my accountant told me. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because it's legit. Like, no, I'm going to vlog. Fuck. We're, it's part of the plans. It's less vacation-y. Mm -hmm. But it makes a trip. It makes it more like, like, yo, what if I can get like a fucking video at like 10,000? It makes me like 5K. <laughs> you know? Like, what if just some random viral shit happens? I don't mean it like it's the plan, but that would totally pay for another motherfucking trip. What more can you ask for at that point? Like, that's a that's a W. <laughs> so, like, that's kind of, like, the dream for me is to get, get it all, like, set into a place where, like, we're incentivized to travel because there's dollars attached to it more than at home where... I don't know how to compete with the city of Montreal. That's my biggest issue. It's like, forget all the rappers and all that shit. Like, it's like, how do you compete with Just for Laughs and Jazz Fest? <laughs> That's the shit where I get fucked up. It's you, like, you can't. The city, the city needs to put on for hip hop more. They need to recognize that there's a pretty fucking big hip hop scene in the city, and. It, Hip-hop is the youth. They're starting You know to. what I mean? Everybody in the city listens to hip-hop, whether you're, you know what I mean, a street kid or you're some hipster kid, you're still listening to hip-hop. Like, at the end of the day, everybody listens to hip-hop. Rap is consumed by everybody now. It's not just for, it's not just for the hood no more. It's, it's for everybody, like... So the city needs to realize that there's money to be made. You know what I mean? So I started interviewing local politicians. Why? Because I know who to vote for. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> let's, let's run it like that. That's what I do. I figured I'd try it. Um, the youngest person running for the most part, up at, like, or who was elected was like fucking 33. So average age that's a like, good that's a good age though no but that's the a, average age is like 58 or some shit like guaranteed that. yeah so yeah, like for sure, for sure. if all the elected officials be that old that is above the average age of a hip-hop consumer or cognizant caring of it i would argue on i feel like more young people getting involved in local politics i know it's corny and nobody wants to hear me go on about this but it is what it is y'all would like have an impact i say that a little pointedly because i got kind of jaded and bored with local politicians not so much the politics I don't know. but the politicians the whole everything it's just not me it's not like it doesn't speak to me so i'm like okay it's gotta no be a way to spice this shit up dude. bro it's it's there's nothing to it okay it's a bunch of people like you and me campaigning for like votes the way we campaign for views and then they get in and they go to like fucking meetings and there's no real mandate so they don't really have to do anything for four years and like i mean yeah there's a council and they argue at the council and then there's negotiations it's it's literally like everything a rapper does only with city shit. so like honestly rappers would get it more if people translated it better well if you think about it when you're pushing your music you know you're you're politicking, you know what I mean? You're getting out there, you're in front of people, you're in front of people you've never seen before, and you're trying to get your message across. You're trying to get people to vote for you. Like, you're trying to get That's people it. to believe 
what you're saying and shit, you know? But, like, the politicians all kept saying the same shit to me. Bro, I don't want to be a public figure like that. And I'm like, huh? That's cap. But they're, like, local politicians. You got to understand. We're talking, like, Joe who got mad at the city and organized petitions and then five years later has now been encouraged by his peers to finally run and he isn't really trained to handle yeah, trolls. I feel like everybody who gets into politics, you aspire to, you know, you want to be there for a reason. Yeah, but... Otherwise, so what the fuck are you in it for? Like, Yo, I'm telling you, I talked to a couple of these people and they just... They just feel a sense of civic duty. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like They, they want to make the change? Yeah. And they are not prepared for trolls on Facebook. Like, at all. They are not prepared for social media. And I'm like, okay, say a word. Maybe there's a different skill set required to run for office. Like, I don't know. Maybe just... nowadays, for sure. Who knows? Nowadays, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's fair enough. Would you I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know shit about politics, so I'd never speak on it because I really am not educated on it. I just, I plead ignorance. Excuse my ignorance. I do not know shit about Can it. Let me ask you like a sincere question. What the fuck would make yeah. you care? Like, what would make you want to like learn more about it? If there was like a thing that somebody could do that would make it more enticing. If I, if I started to see that politicians actually make a fucking difference if i see some change happening somewhere in the world and it's not just a fantasy then maybe i'll start believing in the shit but honestly i'm a very you know what i mean yeah I the government's you. the biggest gang type shit you know no, i hear you i talked to like um... I, I i believe that people have good intentions when they get into politics sometimes and they want to change the world and and but you give them a couple years, then you realize who really runs the world, and you realize that you you're fighting an uphill battle that you're never gonna be able to win, man. Because the people who run this world, they don't want good people to be in power. They don't want good-hearted people to be in power. Even to that. End. So all the good, all the good-hearted people end up getting either getting capped or getting canceled nowadays. Or, you know what I mean? Never getting the votes that they deserve. They'll never make it. I don't know. A lot of it just seems weird. I learned how the system of Montreal shit worked a bit more. I don't know if Laval's the same, because Laval's smaller, to be honest, and I think it's separate. I didn't even know it was separate until recently. Um, I couldn't tell you. But, like, know. Montreal's wildly... Like, the shit they talk about... They can't... They can't do some of this shit. <laughs> like, they just say it. And I'm like, we all know you're going to go in and, it, like, they talk about the budget and NDG. Because NDG Code de Neige is a weird place. It should be two separate places, one being NDG and one being Code de Neige. But my best understanding is because they want to get more French shit to dilute this English vote, they combine these two places together is the best That's understanding enough. i have um either way we have a hundred and like seventy thousand people up in this fucking section of town and whatever whatever um so what ends up happening is we get less money from montreal and the motherfuckers keep talking about the budget 
and I'm going, okay, so you get into power and you're going to go, yo, mayor of Montreal, give me more money. And then the mayor is going to go, no, and it's over. And you're going to complain all year. And the mayor is going to go, that's nice. And again, ain't shit going to change. And then four years are going to go by and we're going to have good excuses and shit. And I'm sure there's going to be wonderful reasons and we can vilify this and play on that. But I realized they literally just can't do shit in the big picture. They can do like very small scale shit. So that's Well, why. yo, let's be on let's be honest, bro. Like <clears throat> shit's cor- shit's corrupt, man. Big corrupt. They may want to try to they may want to try to do shit, but there's certain people and powers that be that be like, Nope, not happening. Veto. Because there's like people that don't get voted in. There's just people that are there that regardless of who you vote for, how influence. And then all the really smart money dudes have no charisma. So like there's a one-two guy that like if they got in could probably actually do some weird ass accounting and make some change happen on accounting. Like Uh. you can't argue with this math shit. Then you talk to dude. And dudes got no like charismas and shit, so like they just don't end up being appealing candidates that win over the empathy and joy of the world. And that's the other wild situation. So it made me wonder, like, yo, what if rappers teamed up with boring people and like rap the boring people? <laughs> but if rappers got into politics, more people would vote. More more teenagers care about what the fuck. Uh, celebrities are saying than what a fucking politician is saying. Like, that's just the world Yo, we live in. Remember Voter Die from like Puff Daddy and like Eminem does Mosh? Yo, and I'm, I probably care about US politics because Eminem kept rapping about it more than not, if I'm being real. If rappers hadn't rapped about US politics in the Bush era, why the fuck would I care about it? I guess punk music didn't. I too. wouldn't, I didn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I cared about it, but I definitely knew about it because I didn't. I watch the news or whatever, so I you know hear hear the mosh and you know hear about George Bush and shit like that. I'm not gonna say I care about it because I don't live there, so it's like you know. That's fair. Can I? You know, and the government over there and U.S. politics, man. I can't. I cannot give my energy to that mess. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate what you're saying. I don't. But that's just me, man. I'm a, spend a lot of time on. You know, I mean, I find it baffling man. how many people can tell me about like specific U.S. senators, but don't know a damn thing about anybody in the Canadian government. That shit's where I get. Oh a little no, baffled. that's that's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent. I will know more about a president than I'll know about them. I don't know who the fuck the mayor of Montreal is or the mayor of Laval is. I don't know who's the represent representant of fucking Shamity, like. I don't know. No, I hear you. I didn't. Uh, to be fair, I'm not acting like I'm all like saying I knew anything. I only know shit because I started interviewing motherfuckers this summer. Only reason I know shit now, and now I'm passionate about it because now I'm like, yo, apparently people under forty don't vote, and they don't give a shit about. Okay, so all they care about is homeowners who have kids. So the only people they speak to is homeowners with kids. It's the only like people. That's it. Everybody else is almost like forgotten. And we're good. We just let them all be, which is kind of wild to me. Anyway, this is a big old like tangent. I just get really passionate on this one lately. 
<laughs> that's this is one of the first times I talk about politics. It's usually not something that I talk about with anybody. <laughs> that's fair, and I appreciate your candidness, man, because I think like you re- you represent how a lot of people feel. Like that yeah, is how a lot yeah. of people feel. I heard I've heard yeah. people say that to me before. And I even to my soul believe parts of what you're saying, especially with the futility of it all. Uh-huh. Like I'm not sitting here feeling optimistic on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess you you know, they were calling I was like on that conspiracy theorist vibe before it was, you know, popular or whatever. I'm you know anonymous. I'm an anon- anonymous supporter before people really you know, they just think it's guys wearing a Guy Fox mask or whatever. But like, I really believe in that type of shit and that vibe. I have it tatted on me. I have the anonymous slogan tatted on me. So like, I just you know call it anti-government or anti. Uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word right now. Honestly, but you can just you know what I mean. I think libertarian would probably work. Yeah. That's an absence of government. I, th- I could be wrong. People who actually know political theory terms don't get mad at me. It's been a quick minute since I talked my, shit. Like, V for Vendetta is one of my favorite movies of life. I've seen it countless times. That's, yeah, I mean, that, that's my type of, type of shit. So I have, I have a hard time trusting politicians and listening to government, watching the news, and I really I can't fuck with I just try to keep my energy away from that. Too much, That's, too much bullshit. I hear you, man. Honestly, but much love and much respect to everybody who's actually trying to go in that lane and you know, like I said, make a difference. Like much more power to you. Much love to you. Somebody's got to do it, <laughs> or not, <laughs> or less people could do it. That would also be an option we should explore, as I guess where I'm going to throw yeah. that one out. But it's not, already... Anyway, it's yeah. a weird thing. I'm going to do some shit on that after. I'm still processing this in real time. Like, I just talk to people, and I'm, like, fucking pushing life and whatnot. But, like, as far as other stuff goes, would you embrace stuff like TikTok, given the way it's going with creating, like, musical opportunities? I would... Like, I have a TikTok, but I only post, like, once a month. And I know that's sacrilegious in TikTok world. You're supposed to post, like, you're supposed to post three times a day. And I can't do it, dude. I'm not, I cannot post three times a day anywhere. Maybe on Instagram, I'll post a story multiple times a day. That's as, that's as hip as I can get, I guess, because. You know what they do, though, eh? You basically, you take a Saturday and you make, like, 15 20 like videos maybe even 30 and you save them in your drafts and you make like you take like a time just for that Mm -hmm. then you only have to worry about making like one trendy video a day and then you Mm -hmm. just got these videos ready to go fill up your extra okay okay you got them you got them in the holster ready to (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, that's how, cause, cause, yo, even Insta has the draft section and shit, and it's like, cause, you're right, dude, it's impossible to actually be creative to the capacity that's required to meet these requirements until you realize that, like, you can do a story time video and just have your story time video lined up, holster ready to go, and maybe you do have a hot run of creative shit, and then when you're you're not creative, boom, you got the shit in the holster ready to go, and. 
that's how they seem to do it because i've been trying to figure out how do you actually create like three tiktoks a fucking day like i don't know man unless you're just like your tiktok is with your dog or you're cranking your girlfriend Yo, like, even that, because yeah, you, you film the shit and then you gotta edit the motherfucker, and then you're there's no way. I don't know how you fucking feeling that in the vibe, ready to film yourself. Like that's a weird life. I don't know if that's sustainable. Maybe that's what people be doing. That's maybe hard. Yeah, for but me bro, to do. like the the TikTok generation that grew up watching fucking Keep Up with the Kardashians, bro. They they want to be recording every second of their day. Every fucking two seconds, they gotta be pulling out their phone and doing a fucking run of the dub, like, you know. Okay, maybe I, I'm just an old man with this shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not that much behind you, bro. I'm really starting to feel like that too. Like, thank, I got a baby face though. People think I'm mad young, but like, you know. Yeah, but not. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. Like, I feel like that's the future though, because I realized. Let's say you and me other people go on tiktok and we do like ads we tiktok at each other <laughs> you know yeah like, it creates like a vibe i tested it a bit but i ran out of steam i was like you know what i realized it's, hard, like, it's not just that it's gonna sound corny but my hair it's never really looked look good so like <laughs> i feel like doing the tiktok and i started looking at my hair after and i'm like yo I, I don't know if i can get away with this like frizzy fucking pop-ups and you're like yo i gotta now like did i shave before doing this tiktok what am i wearing and i realized i need like a new wardrobe now and I, i'm like this is a lot right well yeah because tiktok is all about the image and what you're presenting to you know well, what i mean like, it's all about yeah man it's just all of that started, and so I'm like, okay, I'm pausing the TikTok life for a minute. But then somebody told me they opened their TikTok today. It was, they were on their Twitch, and they were streaming, and they're like, they saw me rapping because I did some freestyle shits. They were awful. I was trying to do what I called the worst freestyles on TikTok, to be honest with you. Like, I was trying to not be amazing. <laughs> okay. Like, yo, I just woke up in the coffee machine going and fuck it, I fucked up. Okay, we going back at it, the cat's over. Yo, literally just whatever. And I was just yeah. trying to just, because yo, I, at the time I was trying hard to do a lot of other things. So I wanted some outlet to be goofy. And motherfuckers be seeing that shit. Like they log into TikTok now and like they be seeing these videos all this time later. And I'm like, oh, that's not even shitty because they liked it. And I'm like, oh. It was like a love thing. It wasn't like a, this was whack. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. You never, you never know what's gonna catch. You never know what people are gonna gravitate towards. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure though that whatever you do, if you have like three ideas, so let's say like, like you want to rap, and then you want to do dances mm -hmm. and trendy shit over there, and then you want to do the next thing over there. You might want to chop that shit into different channels so that TikTok understands you better. That would be the mm -hmm. only thing that's true. Mm -hmm. How true? I don't know. I'm learning about this on the fly. Like, y'all going to watch my TikTok moves in, like, a month when I'm more like, yeah, this is what we do it on TikTok now. <laughs> I got to get into it, man. It's hard. Well, I was just, yo, I saw the fucking one where people were going three questions I get, and they're like, do, 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 and they're, like, just smashing their hands. Yeah. I'm, and I'm like, I could yeah, make no, that I video. Can't. And I thought yeah, about I it. could. No, I just feel like the whole this 
It shouldn't be. Nah. You can get it's not. It. It's not a good look. <laughs> you know what? It wasn't a good look. And then all of a sudden, it's just not it a good became look. the All look. it looks like is. Yeah, so I know, but. Nah. I don't know. There's man. also this part of me that like doesn't want to conform to what's popping. I've always been this like whatever's popular right now. I gotta not do that. So I kind of like fuck myself over and you know end up you know what I mean. Sometimes I'll maybe miss opportunities or whatever because I don't want to you know being stubborn or whatever. I would normally agree entirely until I find out how randomly useful tiktok is and how i really might be cutting off my own nose despite my face because you know i put off tiktok for a long time i mean i'm still at the part where i'm embracing the fact that i have to do this shit like seriously like consider it mm -hmm. and it's because honestly in the time it takes me to do insert thing i really could with a plan and like coming into it properly run three tiktok channels and pump out enough content that it's three a day and maintain that and then push all that to my music and my monthly fucking followers on Spotify would finally go up. And it wouldn't cost me money. I think that's it would the move. just cost me time. Honestly, I am unfortunately that saying yes, that I'm going to do it myself. Like, it's not like I want to just... do it because it's trendy. I want to do it because... TikTok shows people like what you want to see. So like if you go on TikTok, it's always dope. Yeah, I know. It's it pisses me off sometimes. I'll be wasting half an hour of my fucking life and time. I'm just sitting there scrolling, laughing my ass off at TikToks. I'm having a good time. I'm entertained. I'm laughing, you know, I'm I'm with my girl with other laughing at TikToks, but like you know, at the end of the day I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? <laughs> But, like, if you can... So, I look at it, like, if I can find that fan base on TikTok, the one thing I know is those people like my content and want to see more of me. So, they're the highest likelihood, I believe, to maybe click on your Insta, maybe click on your next thing. And I don't know... Your know, Facebook costs money. YouTube is a huge investment. Facebook... Facebook dead, though. Facebook has... I Facebook's I like old people, Liddy. <laughs> If you can get a Facebook, there's like a whole undercurrent of Facebook groups and networks that exist like out of sight on Facebook, but getting yeah. into the good ones is hard. But but nobody's like no no artists you don't see them posting on their Facebook like. I see old guys doing it. Like I I know it, I. Yeah, but like everybody you follow, all these artists and shit, that like you follow them to get a glimpse into their day-to-day -day life or whatever and they're posting their stories they're not posting on facebook if anything they're posting on instagram and then it's linked to their facebook but like nobody's sitting there on facebook no more no all the like, old I have this... on, i'm telling you the old fans is on facebook yeah so, the like... old fans like, i got this boy who keeps telling me post on facebook post on facebook and i'm like dude i got like 40 friends on facebook and it's not even my music name it's like it's not it's just not the look like Instagram is the only platform that that I consistently use and that I consistently get. I have a a little, you know, what I mean, a little fan base. I guess you can call it. Like I actually have people that fuck with me. Every time I drop something, is the same people, and it's starting to grow, it's starting to get bigger and bigger. It's coming even outside of Montreal. I got some people in other places thanks to Instagram and thanks to the internet. You know what I mean? That could find you. You know.
No, that's big facts. I'm not saying Facebook yeah. is the hottest place. I'm saying I just happen no, no, to be I'm part just... of what I call yeah. old man English Montreal hip hop Facebook. I don't know how else uh, to like yeah. put it, but there's at <laughs> least four to five hundred of us. And I know this because now I'd be adding people on Facebook and we have 237 friends in comments. So it's probably more like a thousand of us. But like, you know, my Facebook friends count just keeps going up on like, I don't know, I get like a hundred a month now. Jesus Christ. This nice. is like page likes. Is- We're not even talking about that. We're just talking about my regular ass Facebook yeah. profile. Yeah. It, it just goes up because and I find it really useful to find anybody above the age of 27. The second I want to find people under the age of 27, I go to the gram. But mm. that like thing is I find cuz yo, it I'm 33. I'm about to turn 34. You can tell that I was not on the gram based on what I'm saying. And I didn't know that like young man Montreal is on the gram. And they be Bro, doing, the grandma uh, Snapchat. I'm not even on. Oh Snapchat my gosh, like I found that one out too. People be telling me like, "Yo, Instagram is where I do my business shit. My friends are on my Snapchat," and I'm like, "What? Snapchat's more than titties and porn people?" And I found Snapchat, out I was wrong about Snapchat. Like, Snapchat hella wrong. is like where you. It's like it's so it's so huge, and it's like where you really talk to your friends. Like you really talk to your friends on Snapchat, but I don't. You Snapchat. This is what people, you know. For the record, that's what they tell HSR five and four. If y'all care, <laughs> I'm on. I'm on Snapchat. <laughs> I I don't use Snapchat. I could talk to like maybe one or two people on Snapchat because whatever. That's how they choose to talk to me. You know, that's their preferred method of talking to me is through Snapchat. So it's like, okay, I'll talk to you through Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, no, I think TikTok is different. Because TikTok is where you could end up interacting with famous people. All the people you want to maybe work with might run into you on TikTok. Or they'll find the TikTok of you that's getting shared that you're hoping that they find wherever they at. I just, I just got to figure out what is it that I'm supposed to post three times a day. Because all, right now all I'm posting is my music videos, little clips from my music videos. So it's like, what else am I supposed to post? Like, for the other two times, another clip of another video, or me? What me? Just well, I'm gonna in do rants studio like... and music reviews. So I'm gonna do music yeah. reviews. I saw man's do it, and I said, because I used to do music reviews. So I'm like, if I can just but do that, it. that's just popping right now. Music reviews, movie so, reviews. Yo, but that's check just it. Poppin'. You just play somebody's fucking track and be like, "What's good?" M O T reviews. Bloom, bloom, bloom. Fucking love this track. Click the sound. Make your own shit. Fucking four on five. Boom, boom. Love the bass line. Peace. Apparently, that's all you have to fucking do on TikTok. To which I said, fuck my life. I tried way too hard in the past. Um, <laughs> then you can do shit like tips. Like, yo, let me tell you the top three tips for how to blah, 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 blah. And then you do tip one, but follow for tip two follow for tip three and you stretch that shit across multiple fucking videos and i'm like i spent a long time trying to conceive this now so i'm gonna rant i'm like say word i can just say shit for like 45 seconds and say follow for more okay i think i can do this and then throw in the occasional stupid dance i feel like trying because there may be a trend i'm down for i don't 
but like I don't know. I, I don't know what I would post. Like, because me, it's, it's just like the green screen and shit. Like, you can kind of just like it's kind of turned into a, like a. You can do a lot less stupid shit. Like, you could really take it like in a more serious and like protect your image kind of way. If anything, I would probably go the comedy way and try to post some funny videos. But I, I gotta, I gotta get more used to, you know, filming myself on an everyday basis. I'm not really like this is my first time doing a like an interview type shit, like talking to somebody. Cause I'm every, every time I gotta do something that's not music related, it's like oh shit, I start. You know, the anxiety is like, oh, it's getting awkward. Ah, oh, words start blah, 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 mumbling and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, that, that's not my forte. But if you give me a mic and it's like, yo, let me play you my song. Let me yo, let me real? show you my song. Then then it's then it's good. You know what I mean? I was like, you should totally be podcasting or something. Haven't talked to you this long. Yeah, for real, bro. I've never. It's the first time. Like, I'm just. I'm I'm trying to imagine that we're just at a bar or you're just that's here it. with me and we're just figured it smoking, out smoking, talking, like just chilling. That's the whole just, thing. That's, it. that's the whole you magic know? of this. That's the format. Yeah. That's podcasting. No, the podcasting is dope. I fuck with it. I listen to podcasts all kinds. I listen to all kinds of podcasts. You know, Joe Rogan obviously biggest fucking podcast. But I listen to all kinds. Fucking from from hip hop to movies to fucking superhero podcasts. I'm always listening to Different I mean, types of podcasts. This very it's what's popping right now. Is gonna end up on all the podcast networks that Podbean puts me on. Whatever. There's actually like some few people that listen to me on Amazon. Uh, not a yeah. lot, but I was surprised because it gets delivered there. I get no stats on it, but I get spins on something I have mm -hmm. on there. I don't know what. I don't even know which interviews or anything. Just that mm -hmm. stuff that I have put on Amazon's podcast network gets plays somewhere. And Dope. it's a nifty idea. But yeah, all the Spotify's, all that shit. I I, I think it's worth it because, yo, not a lot of, not everyone I'm really trying wants to, get to stay Spotify on the video up. shit. And so for I'm trying the, to get my Spotify up, man. The Spotify is a big thing right now. It's, um,. I believe there are ways that as a team of collective artists, we could break the system, but to organize the number of people required to break the system is complicated. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm just trying to do my own thing. Just I'm watching my streams slowly grow, go up and it's dope because it's, it, it's real organic right now. Like I'm not, I haven't paid for much promo. And it's just I'm trying to do it as organic as possible. But I mean, eventually I am gonna put the money into the promo. But I just want it to be organic as as possible. I don't want bots. You know what I mean? I can't stand. I've been suckered into some Instagram promos, and they hit you with the bots, and it's like, yo, you just fucked up my whole, you just fucked up my whole post. You just fucked up my whole. You know what I mean? It's not a good look. Like, fuck, yeah, I hate that. No, I feel like promo always needs a purpose. Um. If I'm going to put promo into a video, it's because that video is selling me a shirt or some shit. You'll watch how there's a merch mm -hmm. drop attached to it. And then you'll see like, mm -hmm. okay, I do really want to see 500,000 people see my video now. Because I want that many of them to buy my fucking shirt. I don't care about yeah. the views. And that's honestly how a lot of people should be playing promo. Like, it's just, just do a merch drop attached to the same fucking music videos and shit. And like, people would just have a higher ROI. That one, like, little difference. Because I don't... 
I can't say definitively people don't do that, but not enough people are selling me shirts or trying to sell me shirts attached to specific music video. But like, all the YouTubers do this shit all the time. The YouTube yeah. rappers especially do it. Like, a YouTube rapper has like merch attached to every fucking, they just know the game and they do it. And the rapper rappers just don't do that. And it would change the value of investing as much in the things people do if they had like more targeted things attached to it that they could sell because they just created all this traffic. Yeah. Merch has definitely changed the game. Yeah, no, it really bad. has. And if you have something that people actually, you know, they fuck with your logo and they, they actually find it dope and they want to wear it in regular life, like you're, you're winning, you know? Yeah, I feel that. Um, when is your next stuff going to drop? Uh, I got one. I got one in the holster that it's going to drop in November. I'm not sure when, but in November. But right now, I just want to push Center Thoughts. That's the last one that I, that I dropped uh, a week ago. I sent you that link. Did you check that one? I did. I even you'll see if you check the Twitch. I played it earlier on the stream. Okay, dope. Bless. Respect. Yo, Respect. but I also listened to like twelve of your shits in a row. I, I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> I liked it. That's all. I enjoyed it. I would listen to it again. Is what I remembered. But off so hand. like saying that you listened to twelve in a row. Like, what did you get from those twelve? Because it's. They're very, I, I'm interested mm. to know somebody who's listening so to 12 in a row uh, for the first time. That's crazy. For the I first got, time. That's right? how I write my titles is that um, versatile mudshot artist with a dark and introspective lens. I fuck with that. Um, and I use Montreal because even if you're from Shamadi. Yeah, it's what it is. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I, I rep Shamadi all day and I always say I'm from Shamadi. I won't. But I'm born in Montreal. Like if somebody, if somebody Isn't from Rico outside, from fucking Shamadi. Sorry. Is Enrico blocks from Shamadi? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure who that is. I'm not sure. I could. I couldn't say personally. I don't know who that is. Fair enough. But, but anyways, like if somebody outside of Montreal is asking me where I'm from, like when I went to BC, I say, yeah, I'm from Montreal. You know. But if I'm here or whatever, I'm, I say I'm from Shamadi. Nah, I respect that a lot. Oh, fucks with Shamadi. It's, uh, well, I mean, it's just, I had a weird attachment to Shamadi. My dad ended up taking care of an old guy in Shamadi. So I, I remember going to Muralados out there, going to Shinoi's out there. Like, just a lot of random, like, you would get off the 13, go up the street where the Pindelis is at, that little strip mall, go up like two more blocks, make a left and a right, and do a loop. And you were like in that, that, that part of town. I don't yeah, that's, say a word. That's, uh, yeah, bro, that's home, for real. That's literally, that's around the corner, bro. Pendeli's is around the corner. And like, but, like, I, I grew up I grew up going to, like, the uh, the wreck, you know? Say word. Like, that was like, more I, like I a the, one time. You would go to somebody's birthday party at the wreck or attack, and I would, that's when we would go up, and you'd discover, like, yo, shout out Udra Nightshade for, like, still sticking with us and shout out Ismail for sticking. Yo, people still sticking with us. That's what I love about this live shit. 
It's not like a crazy that, number, but people do it for like hours. And I'm like, yo, people can't be talking that, how love. nobody has attention spans. That's love. Because people that's be love. doing it. And it's amazing. Yeah, that's love. Um, yo, back to the to the wreck. I'm super grateful that I got to shoot a video and use it, not inside, but like I was just outside of it. It's for a song called Moscow. I put it out last year. I think it's been, no, not last year, the year before. I think it's been two years now. And uh, it's, you know, it's just me putting on for Shamity because it's not, the wreck's not there no more, man. They tore that shit down. They did. You know, because that shit was abandoned for years. It was empty for years. But for me, it was really a staple of my childhood and a staple of Shamity. It was like, it was the Olympic Stadium of Shamity, dude. Like, that's what it was. When you drove through Shamity, you saw the wreck and you're like, okay, I'm in Shamity. Like, Yo, that's what it was. What about, okay, so how do you feel about shit like Plas Bell and the changes going on? Because, like, you and Laval now, as it's evolving into this newer Laval that it used to be, especially now that Montreal be like, Montreal too expensive, let's dip. <laughs> I mean, it's. It's cool. I actually went to a show in Plasbell, man. I saw I saw Shine Down and Papa Roach in Plasbell. Dope show. I fucks with that. Dope show. Dope show. Um But it's it's cool, man. Bands big name bands are coming to Plasbell. Like but the whole thing that they're doing there and like Centropolis, I remember when they first started making Centropolis and they really said, Yo, this is gonna be downtown Laval, you know? Like it's dope and it's good, but it's it's not like a representation of you know of my Laval. You know what I mean? A lot of people go to Centropolis and it's you know it's popping. You know, you go on the terrace, it's nice. You know, it's a it's a nice vibe. It's cool. I'm just happy that big bands are actually coming to Laval, like actual. That's fair. Fucking. You I know saw what I mean? the Wu Tang Clan cool. in Laval. That's that's fucking dope. The Wu Tang Clan in I didn't even know that. You see, I didn't even know that. That's fucking right, dope. Not long before COVID, maybe the year before COVID. Um, and that's fucking dope. I don't know if I'd recommend going to a big rap show at Plaspell. To be honest, I don't unless they fix their sound tech shits. It wasn't the best. I would stick with the rock maybe, but it was more just having okay. this ticket that said Wu Tang Clan, Plaspell, Laval, Quebec. Like it's it's like. Even me That's sitting here, like That's it's a trip. trip. It's like That's wait. A trip. So for me, it was like this realization. It doesn't say Montreal. What's going on over here? It's Laval That's moving. That's a trip. In. That's a trip for real. And it's dope. I really like Plasbo. To be honest, I really enjoyed my time there. And it's only really, like, only went easy. there. Only went there once because a homie had a ticket for a show and he, he invited me. And uh, it was Shinedown. I'm a huge Shinedown fan. I fuck with Papa Roach, but I went for Shinedown. And it was a dope show. Like, it's not too big of an arena. So, like, you can still have a, a vibe where you see them. You know, it's not as intimate as a bar, but it's not, like, it's not the Olympic Stadium. It's not the Bell Center where you're nah, it's pretty, in the... pretty fucking close to the Bell Center, in my opinion. Or, like, being on the floor... I like, on the floor, yeah, but it's a lot smaller than the Bell Center. In general, okay. like the space, it's a lot smaller. 
Yeah. I meant more but like... But yeah, if you're on the floor, the vibe is the vibe. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know if on the floor... I mean, maybe the number of people changes, but I feel like I didn't feel like it was drastically different or noticeable to me in the middle of the stadium. Yeah, for sure. When you're in the middle, you're, you're just... If you're in the pit, it probably looks the same whether you're in a dive bar or in the no, Olympic no, Stadium. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's dr- no, that's a little different. It's like a little yeah. like because yo, because you see the lights and shit around you. Like yo, there's there's that vibe of like, especially that's my favorite part of cell phones. I mean, I'm I guess lighters is kind of a vibe too. But yo, when you actually see shit like thousands of lights behind you of people putting their phones up and shit, and you're like. Yo, everybody there's got a phone like me. I know it's corny, but like me and we all doing this shit. And you're like, that's a lot of people. And then you like see that picture after the show and you're like, yo, I'm one of those motherfucking people in the lights. Yeah. Doing the, this shit. the lighter, the lighter shit. That's, that, that's our past generation. Everybody, you, you see those pictures from back in the day and it's a different vibe. Cause you see those pictures, this light, it's a, it's the yellow orange it's yeah. a different it's not the it's not the iphone bright white it's two different you watch mm-hmm. some old concert footage and they light it up everybody's got a lighter it's it's a different vibe the, the yellow and the orange it's a different color it's a different thing i've done for both. me the, the, i got to do yeah. both to be honest because i think the first shows i That's saw less i haven't not oh no i saw lincoln park in 2007 uh, 2007, we were still doing, yeah. I, yeah, I saw 2007 and 2011. I'm not even going to lie. I did Thousand Suns tour and the one after Thousands. Yo, I watched him turn the Dude. Bell Center into a fucking rave with these random opening, pendulum opened and shit. And I'm like, this is a fucking rave. And I'm sitting there in the middle and shit. It was, yo, it was lit. I was not in shape Dude, enough to turn up. One of my one of my biggest regrets that I didn't go see Lincoln Park live before Chester passed RIP. Like it's one of my, I'll forever be angry at myself that I didn't be like, yo, Lincoln Park's coming to town, buy a fucking ticket. Like I always just thought, yeah, I'll see them one day. I'll see them one day. They come like every year, every two years, Lincoln Park. Always I was like, I'll see them one day. I'll see them one day. I was in the and then Lincoln one Park day underground at the in high in Seychelles. So like I got like Fuck the me. fucking tickets at like the discount, yo, bro. I was so dumb. I remember for that. T- okay, so I didn't know how shit worked. That's in concert. so dope. Like, I went to school at like ten in the morning, got our tickets, and nobody knew that we were gonna be waiting around all day needlessly, and that we didn't need to get there to like five to line up or anything. So we just like wasted mm-hmm. the whole day at like the fucking Bell Center or whatever, just fucking loafing around, smoking fucking weed out of a pipe. And then, because <laughs> I, I, I wasn't rolling joints back then. We used to have this little fucking pipe. And yeah. we had to roll a joint. So, uh, we, <laughs> those days. So, like, yeah, that was the one with Coheed and Cambria opening for them. And I wasn't the biggest Coheed and Cambria. I think, I think it was that one. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. And uh, I saw that shit, and it was wild. And we, and, you know, it was like. Yo, honestly, though, like, it was big. Chester passing was the first time I ever, like, felt a celebrity in my entire fucking life. Because, like... I cried, bro. That's, like... Bro, his rolling in the deep? Like, you... Yo, don't talk to me about that, bro. I'm gonna get emotional, bro. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to what me. Is... Don't do that to me. I'm don't feeling it right me. now. I'm feeling <laughs> don't it. Don't do that to like, me. I'm just, bro, that's like... my guy. I was at work 
I was doing my nine to five. I'm at work, and I, I went to take a piss. Uh, you know, I'm checking my phone while I'm taking my piss, and I, I'm, I'm getting hit with all these texts. And then I go on Instagram, and I'm seeing all this shit, bro. And I, the rest of the day, I did not serve a customer with a with a smile, bro. I was I was fucked up for the rest of the day. I, I was all that. fucked up. Nah, for real. I was all fucked up. Lincoln Park is like my favorite band of all time from a nostalgia perspective. I don't know how much I fully love listening to all of their music today, but like it, I feel that. But like, the first two albums, bro, Hybrid Theory and uh, Metoria. Meteorola. I don't know how to pronounce. Meteorola. Yeah. Yo, Meteorola Meteor, is a right smash. That front to back, bro. Those first two albums, front to back, bro. And then like. Yo, you fuck with the Grey Day shit? I heard it. I don't. I didn't know. Okay, I don't know if I fuck with it today. I, I, I just I still do. when I was younger, I wasn't like in a place to really. It wasn't because I was more like, yo, I want the rap. Everything was about like really the rap was. Heavy but did you me. hear the? But did you hear the new shit? The like from I think it was two years ago. They they put out a new album. They took all his vocals. From way back in the day, 18, 18 I, year old Chester. What I heard Ugh. from it, I liked. I honestly haven't sat down with it. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's as a. I don't know as a as a Chester fan. I think you should. I think you should do that for yourself. It, it's it's a beautiful piece of work. I I feel like it's a it's a piece of work that they did for Chester, and he sounds better in those recordings than you've ever heard him. And those recordings are from him from the age of 18 to 21. And the shit you hear him do with his voice doesn't make no fucking sense to me, man. It's it's a, it's beautiful. And there's songs on that album that I, I cry when I hear them. Like, no cap. Mm. Yeah, I might, I might fuck around with that for real. I mean, I'm not going to lie. In my head, I'm going, shit, I should do this on camera. <laughs> but like... <laughs> Yo, do a review, do a reaction, like just listen to the album front to back. It's a real, it's a piece of art, man. They, they brought him back to life, and they're his boys from back in the day. You know, it's like his first band or whatever. Nah, that's fire. I mean, I know that they were doing a lot of stuff, and I don't know. Honestly, I had a lot of trouble where Mike Shinoda brought it after, like post traumatic wasn't my favorite project from a sonic level. Like I enjoy uh, like, grieving with him, but like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna front and say I'm a huge Mike Shinoda fan. To be honest, like, you know, he does his thing in the songs. To me, Lincoln Park is Chester. Like, I don't Mike's know. dope. He puts a dope element into it. Like his raps are, you know. But I'm not gonna say like he's the greatest rapper. You know what I mean? Nah, but it's even more than that. Like, a lot of the pop shit, the direction they were going, the last album. Last album oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to front. I'm not going to front and say I was a fan of that last album. <laughs> no. Like, all this time later, like, I don't find myself drawn to any of it, really. I don't know. Like, as, as good as he may sound singing it, the music is not my type of shit, bro. It was pop music. It was a lot of synth and like and right after Hunting Party, which I really liked. I really liked that album. Hunting Party was like hit and miss for me. It was it was hit and miss. There was some there's some like really gnarly songs on there, and then so there's some others that are like, well, they was trying me. still. They, they yeah. was trying shit out. They were still trying to yeah. like, 
reinvent shit within themselves. Yeah. And I fucks with that heavy. And then... That's what I love about rock is that they, they had professional they're always songwriters to... on the last album. Oh, yeah? Yeah, which is fine, but... I don't know. You don't want, like, Linkin Park to end up there. There's six of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, the later the later stuff's not my not my shit, but I'll stand by that hybrid theory front to back. It makes me feel like I could it makes me feel like it's yesterday and I'm sitting in the on the bus going to elementary school, just putting my Walkman and uh, no, screaming in the bear. I appreciate you, Mama of Truth. You are a uh, super interesting dude. Respect, bro. I appreciate that. I just try to. I'm just trying to be myself, man, because I'm influenced by so many things. Like we can talk rock music for hours, bro. Like I haven't <laughs> talked yeah. rock music in a while. I used to listen to yeah. a lot more. Um, I rap like, a lot better than I do rock. At least until recently, where maybe I got to a. I can sing weirdly enough that it's all right if it's not amazing, like that range yeah, of singing. Yeah, I feel you. But yeah, like, same. Me too. Like I can, I can hold a note, but like I'm not gonna say I'm like my favorite band is Pearl Jam, and Eddie Vedder's besides Chester, Eddie Vedder's also my my guy. Like, but I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna reach that level of singing. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like. A lot of the times I listen to music, it's either like for like even this interview, right? Like, so I'm going to listen to you because I got to do that. So there's a lot of that going on in my life. A lot of local mm-hmm. shit. Um, I'm really into that. But then it's like I'm often trying to like get inspired by some shit. And then I just got like the 15 shower songs I go back to over and over again. And it's super hard yeah, to get them to my shower shit. And of course. I don't know, and it's random. It's usually just some song I'll obsess over, and I want to understand every element of that song until I'm just done with it. And usually, if I'm mm-hmm. done with a shower song, it's like it's over, forever. I Yo, hate that uh, song to death. back to the, back to the the twelve songs that you listen to of mine or whatever. I wanted to get more of your uh, point of view or what you were thinking about that. Because um, I like your description of the title, but I wanted to. Get a I mean, outside I felt point. Like a lot of your buyers kind of like conveyed a lot of the stuff that you were inspired by. Um, I like the. I can't remember most of your specifics at the moment, but I know I felt the horror. Yeah, cool shit. I know the weed bars was nifty in the way that it felt like you was trapped in your mind a little bit, putting it down like that. I felt. Um, Emotional vulnerability, the the layering, Respect. like you're one of the, the dudes that like I don't know if it's necessarily fully layering, but like I could tell yeah, that no, you I went over with... all of it and like the way Eminem does and looks at the cinematic ways to like make each part of the track feel like alive and shit. Um, no, I I layer. It's a big element to my music. Layering vocals. Uh, harmonizing, putting lows and highs and mids and punches and different voices in different places. All the artists that I really fuck with, either if it's hip-hop or rock, because it could be hip-hop, Eminem, Yellow Wolf, Super Laird, or it could be 
corn, super layered, fucking all kinds of voices coming at you. It's left and rights hitting you. So like that part of my music is a big, you know, I mean, it's something that I, a lot of people, you know, some people might say they don't like it. Some people might be like, that's what I really like. But that's a big part of my shit, layers. I felt vocal. it was like versatile. Um, I respected Respect. that. I liked your willingness to go saucy, which I find a lot of guys who go the other direction aren't willing to go saucy. But those are fun. I could see how mm -hmm. like on this track you're trying to get some girls and on this track you're trying to get the dudes. Mm -hmm. Um, That vibes came off like that. Like, yo, there was multiple elements to it. I felt like your consistency is present, but it's also super, like, I could tell what you liked in music a lot. Like, I could tell I fucked with your taste in music a lot actually listening to it that was the biggest impression that's, i had that's dope that's dope um i i liked it it's hard for me to go a lot deeper than that because i didn't think that, that deeply with your specific bars and nuances of whatever but i enjoyed listening to your music and honestly i think my biggest thought was really I met you like five, six years ago. I would have geeked on that shit and tried to like get on that because it's kind of where I was at at a certain point for real reals. And mm -hmm. who knows, I might end up somewhere back there in the future. I don't even know where I'm at mm -hmm. right now. But like, I was like, musically, I like where your mind is at. And I could fucks with that on some like. I respect you. I'm pretty sure I could find crossover fans type of shit. This is just like regular talent scout shit in my head. Like, what would like be the right? Yo, what's up, Lindell? Popping in at the, at the end of this shit. Shout out, Lindell. Lindell's in Florida. He's here always. Shows up and he goes here. What's or, up, or Florida boys? Put like a present, and it means present because he puts a present emoji. I've learned to speak emoji oh. now. Um, <laughs> and um. I appreciate that, man. I really do. From a lane's perspective, yeah, there's a lane for what you do here. And I just think it's like, that's it. Like, there's a bunch of people that do this shit, and they just don't know the other ones exist. And it's it's a bit of a promoter's not doing their due diligences, maybe. But also, how do we find each other? But also, but also, but also, but... I was like, yo, there's a spot for you. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, or that lane. That lane has a lot of people that would fuck with it here, and I think it's highly underrepresented, to be honest. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get in my lane, man, and push the pedal. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to put my foot on the pedal and keep the shit moving, like. And working with guys like the J Mumbo is not a bad name to have, is what I understand. Is his clut goes the fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely did do it definitely helped me, man. It definitely did. Like it was a level up to, to work for him. And I and I just put out level up before that and that song was for me just like saying like, yo, it's time to level up in life. So then I had to I had to really do it. I had to go big and, you know, reach out to somebody who I knew people were gonna see that video and be like, Okay, he's taking this shit seriously, you know? Like he's he's putting his money where his mouth is type shit. And that's what it is. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. 
Honestly, it's gonna be be like that from from now on. From now on out, it's gonna be like that. The next track that I got, the next video that's dropping is called Plan B, and it's just talking about you know the there's no Plan B, man. This is my Plan A. This is my Plan B. This is my Plan C. So that's the that's the vibe that I'm on right now. Honestly, I appreciate you. I appreciate where you're coming with it, and I look forward to seeing what you do next. Respect. Respect, bro. Definitely. Thank I appreciate you that. Keep in touch for real, real. So I like the way you think and whatnot. I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you. I, I'm way too hungry to keep growing, my guy. That's why I started them at seven, because <laughs> I know they. <laughs> um, don't don't worry about it, man. I appreciate the time, man. I appreciate you, like, uh, just reaching out for real. I mean, it's blessed. It's kind of everybody. I think has to do what they can, you know. Like, when I hit you up, I was just, you know, just sending links to people. I'm just like, yo, check out my video. Check out my video. It wasn't necessarily to to get to get on here and, and do an interview. You know what I mean? It was just, yo, check me I out. Check it out. How it went. You know? <laughs> That's dope. So it was, I, appreciate, I appreciate it, man. For real. And I, I feel that. I appreciate you reaching out. And may, okay, if somebody's going to show up in my fucking stream, to be honest with you, and it gives me a free interview... <laughs> It does make my life a little bit easier on the booking side of shit where I don't like to try hard. And if it falls into my lap, it's fucking mm -hmm. magical. And then the way we do this interview, I don't know who anybody is. And I don't have to because we just learned who you is on episode one. <laughs> Done. Then you get to just meet people like that. It's fucking just the game now. Yeah. For me. But yeah. Yeah. All your links are in the description. Um, I have a little thingy to make it pop up in the chat. So I'm popping that in now so everybody sees your shit right now. Because so, I got bored with it. You'll follow me. It's cool. Links in the description. Yeah. Everybody sees that shit. Um, and do you have any last words you want to say to the fine people before we dip out? Hey, man. Just thank you for taking the time to listen, man. Uh, click on those links. Check out Center Thoughts. Check out Level Up. You know, M-O-T on Spotify, Apple Music, M.O.T. You should be able to find me. Check me on Instagram. I'm active on Instagram the most. Little snippets in the studio, little snippets of videos here and there. You know what I mean? And if you really support, I appreciate you. And I'm just going to show you that you're supporting in something that's actually going to go somewhere because I'm, I'm pushing this shit now pedal to the fucking metal i love the energy man appreciate all I of appreciate you who watch this <clears throat> all of you stuck through the live even the couple who popped in at the end i mean it is what it is much I appreciate love appreciate everyone much love. here those who watch it in the future y'all are also the appreciated like comment subscribe follow all that good stuff too but for real, all that it makes it a vibe to have people there commenting you can check it in the video you'll see shit popping up throughout but on that note everyone live long and fucking prosper